Okay, here we go. It's episode 82 of Height Drop. And this one is with the Parkour Journal, at the Parkour Journal. His name is AJ Aljefre. I hopefully said that right. Jafre. I don't actually know how to pronounce it, and I didn't ask. However, we had a great conversation. This one's super good for the nerds, the geeks of parkour. Uh, this is a real parkour-heavy discussion. And if you are listening to this podcast, that's probably fine. But if you want to geek out in parkour, just know that's what's going to happen here. We talk a lot about cat drops, descents, parkour history, our favorite athletes, how they contributed to our training, the mentality of what it's what it means to contribute to the culture and, and U.S. culture we talk about and we go into our own stories and how that's kind of informed how and why we trained and what meaning that's got and what kind of growth that's got. And we talk a lot about spirituality at one point and how that's played into our lives. And he's been pretty forthright on Instagram at least and, and in his life, I'm sure about his faith and what that means to him and where that plays into his training and how it played into him doing certain big cat drops, which he's very much, um, one of the the main players in right now. He does a lot of cat drops or descents. We talk about that and the difference between those terms quite a bit. And, you know, from Texas, and he founded Spyglass PK with Jared Luddy, who we'll hopefully have on as well one day, hopefully soon. And, yeah, we get into just our own stories and the histories of our own things. He asked, he had a lot of questions for me. You know, we were both getting to know each other a lot on this podcast. So hopefully you guys are into that. Um, I'm sure I'm going to repeat myself, but I also told a little bit of, you know, we got some vulnerableness coming from both of us on, on what kind of history we've had and what's informed us and the trauma he had in his childhood and the trauma I had in mine and certain things like that. So hopefully you guys are inspired by this one. And you can get it at us with any questions. Unfortunately, I posted to Instagram with a prompt to ask fan questions. And then I fucking got so involved in this conversation that I forgot to ask them. So for all you guys that posted them, I'm going to try to get AJ back on just for a quick video on just the fan questions. And we'll, we'll release that at a later date of just the fan questions. But for this episode, it might just come out without any of that. So sorry for being uh, derelict on that bitch because I needed to uh, remember next time. This is the first first time I've asked for fan questions in a minute. So that's an excuse and that's a bunch of bullshit. That's what that was. Anyhow, anyhow I hope you guys dig this one again. Really big thanks to AJ. We had a really, really deep conversation at times, and I think it's um, one of the better episodes we've done in a while. So it was really fun, fun talking to this guy, and and uh, can't wait to, to meet him again in person here. Here you go. Yeah, perfect. Now I can relax because yeah. I know that we're recording. Okay. <laughs> Anything you want to ask, I'm definitely going to ask you questions. Okay, yeah, okay, go. okay. It's the double. It's the double interview. I mean, well, that's like the whole idea here is I'm trying to have conversations anyhow. I don't, you know, Kira asked me last night. She's like something about interviewing. And I was like, I don't really want to interview people. I mean, I just want to get to know you. You seem like an interesting person. You've been, Thanks, I've been following you. your story. And it sounds like you really have certain things that you have to say and like you have a unique message that you're putting out so i appreciate anyone that's kind of bringing a viewpoint that's themselves it seems authentic and it seems like it's original and that's the most important thing 
Thanks, man. Yeah, I like the conversation aspect too. I think uh, it's it'll be better than like interview question, the question, the question, because I want to get to know you, man. I really do. I, uh, I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. Oh, I was Lord. telling, uh, you know, uh, Jared uh, Ludi? Yeah, yeah. He's the, these guys are the Spyglass, Spyglass PK co-founders, yeah. right? Is there anyone yeah, else yeah. involved with that brand or is it just you two? It's just us two. Not that there's um, anything just about it. I mean, those are those are two powerful, powerful <laughs> players. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we're trying. It's uh, it, he, uh, me, and him were talking about coming to Denver and getting on your podcast for a while, and then all this stuff happened. We were supposed to be in Denver probably this month, oh, and then wow. you know, COVID 2019, 2020 <laughs> happened. So apparently, yeah. yeah. Well, it would have been great to see you. Yeah, I would I would like to get him on here as well one day and um, hopefully both you guys in person, you know, at some point. Um That'd if you come so back out to Denver. The but full experience. The full experience, you know. We'll get, get you in the get studio the here. Huh? I said train with the B Dougie and get on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, man. I get to train with you guys. That's the real treat, I think, because huh. you know, you guys Thanks. are pushing the game really, really well these days, it seems like both of you. Thanks, and man. um yeah, you're both really fun to watch and innovative and I don't know I guess you know that might be a fun place to start is how did that come about you know with with Spyglass do you guys uh, how do you even know each other um so I met Jared it's crazy man me and him were in Houston at the same time he had been training for like five years I've been training for like eight we never met each other and like <laughs> Houston's not that big and then Instagram <laughs> happened and we were like dude what you train and I train and uh it was actually a pretty funny story. We, we were on our way to Dallas to train with, uh, I don't know if you know DeAndre Jones. Uh, yeah, not, I mean, I don't know that many of, like that's cool. another great thing about this is I get to know people, so. But yeah, I cool. know of him, I know of him. Cool, yeah, he, he's great. We were on our way to train with him and he's having a little comp at his gym. He owns a gym out there called Somatic. And uh, we were on the way and I, Jared is just this really good athlete, like an all arounder. You know, if, if he wants to hit a descent, he'll hit a descent. If he wants to do acro, if he wants to hit a mad concrete, whatever. And, uh, and I'm like, bro, you need to be filming your videos better. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, get out the car. Like, let's get out the car. And we just stop in the middle of the highway. Um, and I was like, what can you do on your car? Like, give me something. And uh, so he does a cast back and I catch like the right angle of it less than like an hour later, it's reposted on shift community and like three other pages. And it's a really low cast back. And he was like, Oh, and so <laughs> that was the beginning of him realizing like, I'm good enough. Now I need to market myself better. Mm. And right after that, his, his page just kind of started spiraling. Wow. Um, he's like, I mean, and he works hard too. He's a re like me. I'm, I wouldn't necessarily call myself like a talented athlete. Like I look at him and I'm like, Whoa, like he'll learn something so fast. I'm like that the i have to work really 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 hard to get somewhat good at something specific <laughs> <laughs> we know that yeah you know we all have our strengths and we all have our weaknesses and yeah for sure i mean you competed back in the day too back right? in the day like, yeah what, what did you compete in i was in uh well the competitions have changed a little bit but i was in napc the originals Oh, NAPC sick. one, NAPC one, two, three, four, and five, I think was the ones I was in. And then, nice. um, Tempest games was another one that I did back in the day. That was like in 2013. And that was nice. like, 
something that I think they were trying to produce into a bigger event or some kind of show and they were kind of doing it as a pilot and it was a really big really well done production but it didn't really ever um, get published anywhere and okay. then um, before that I was doing like and also there's obviously the, the comps in Colorado you know there's an international or invitational or before that it was just called like Nat Jam I don't know um, I, got, I got involved in the community probably or at, not probably, but in 2010. So before that, it had some earlier iterations. And then... Uh, wow, that's crazy, dude. And that's so, 2010. 2010, baby. When did, you, uh, when did you start training? 2010. 2010, yeah, yeah. hey. Yeah. How old were you? I was 21. So I was like already kind of moving into my adult journey in some ways. Okay. And that's like why I think I've had sort of a unique path in parkour because... I was still kind of in between generations, you know, there yeah. was like the, the, the earliest generations and like kind of the people that were big players and, and their students beneath the Yamakasi and people like Stefania, Stefania Vigurgu, I can't pronounce his name very well. Yeah. Stefan yeah. Vigurgu, but like people from like France and Britain before it had really even rooted that well in the United States. Although there were some, you know, some original key players, obviously in Colorado and, and, uh, in, 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 in the DC and uh, in Seattle, I think we're the first like three, okay. I don't, you know, I'm not a complete history buff on it, but neither yeah. am I. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I think it's really, I, I'm fascinated with it though. I mean, I love parkour history. I love, and I love that, you know, parkour is like just continuing to expand. And that, I can, that's one of the yeah. reasons, you know, I'm so excited to, to see where we're going with this and why I want to talk to people like you, because we're all kind of participating in that conversation and creating and pointing it in a different direction. And everyone's pointing yeah. it in a slightly and expanding the boundaries of what it means to be someone that's in this community. Yeah. It, it's weird, man. You, like uh, something that really clicked in my head last year um, was for the U S community specifically, we're not, we're still in like a forging phase. Mm -hmm. So it really is like you it, like exactly what you said. It, it, it's about creating and not so much about it'd be awesome to get a sponsorship. It'd be great for like Nike to roll in and be like, you're sponsored and like salary <laughs> and all this stuff. But I think what clicked in my head was just like, we're not there yet. And so I think our generation, something that's important for us to do is almost kind of like Valley Uprising. Have you seen that documentary? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Beautiful, yeah, amazing documentary. Right? Right, we're there, you know, we're mm -hmm. there with parkour right now. Whatever we're creating and whatever we're making will set the standard for the history of parkour and the next 30 years here in the US. Mm -hmm. So it's fun and it's fun. I actually, it calmed me down a little bit more because uh, <laughs> it made me realize like, okay, so I can like just make a project and put it out there. And, mm -hmm. and, and if someone, if, they, if it's liked enough, it'll stick and if it doesn't, it, you know, it, it's cool whenever the only people that you're trying to uh, expand the horizon on is the community and people that are looking into the community and not mm -hmm. so much like big brands and stuff like that yet. So there's actually something really special about it. Oh, Maybe absolutely. not so much you make a living on it, uh, <laughs> but in the aspect of creation, it's really cool. We all got a chance, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think that there's, I love that. And I love that there's, there's kind of like a, there's certain eras in each athlete each person's life really like i look at parkour athletes 
this I, I try to look at them as just people and i try to relate parkour always to like what does it mean to be a human being more than i try to because i think it's fascinating because of the way that it came about and just like it's place in history i just like to look at it in the broadest context i can yeah. and um what i was saying i guess was just that they have different eras and like the era that you're kind of in where you really get to contribute to the culture in that way without any attachment to um you know making a living at it like that's still kind of happening but it's we're, we're definitely making a transition where it's like some things like you're saying are gonna start rooting down and starting to give this this thing called parkour more structure yeah that'll provide opportunity but you lose a little bit of flexibility and creativity or you don't actually you know you could always do what you want and that's one of the beautiful things it's like that's really where it's always going to be at the edge is always kind of like where people are are kind of going no but we're doing this yeah you know what i mean so like that's where parkour lives that's where anything kind of lives is on that edge of just expanding the boundary i think yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah, it's crazy to think that at one point the boundary was like QMs yeah. and, and rail walk. Oh, yeah, and now it's yeah. Like, wow, like uh, like a big uh, and I I know you guys are great friends. Uh, Nick Ortiz, like yeah. he was a huge yeah. inspiration for me. Like whenever I first, not first started, it, it was really like two years ago. Whenever I found his Instagram, mm-hmm. and I was like, bro, this guy is like, it's funny because he, I could tell that it seems like he had learned a lot from you and Dylan. And mm-hmm. he would mention that in captions a lot. And I, and I, and I'm, that's so crazy. Like, and something that he did was like, he started, or to me, like from seeing it, he started like this trend of pipe training mm. online. And it was like very careful. And, and it made me realize like, oh, you could actually go out and do that carefully and committedly and not be reckless. Mm. And the way that he would type the captions was like, that was one of the, he was one of the first people that I was like, wow, he's just forging that. Like nobody's doing that right now. And he's just like uploading daily, daily videos of him being like, this is how I worked out this really tall descent or really <laughs> big jump. And I was like, he can just do that. Like, and it was beautiful though. It was beautiful. It made me want to go out and do that too. Um, for sure. So great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, I mean, I definitely, I, I credit Dylan with a lot of my growth too. I look at sometimes the way that parkour is taught is very broad, but I look at some, in some ways it's kind of like this, I mean, I'm like maybe a huge nerd, but I look no. at it kind of like Star Wars, kind of like Jedi people. They're like, there's like certain figures, they're like, there's certain masters and like for a, for a huge chunk of my life, like Dylan was like my master, you know, like I was studying yeah. under him, you know? And, um... <laughs> And for someone like Nick to get inspired or training or feeling like he's getting that same benefit that I got from Dylan from me, that he also got from Dylan or that anyone can get from, like, that's like a wonderful journey to experience. It's just trans- transferring like into that, okay, I'm, I'm still pushing myself, but I'm also able to now bring students under and, and feel like they're yeah. contributing or contributing to them. And even if it's in my own way, you know, I've taught classes and stuff, but I don't really do it that way. Like I like to teach with Nick just by not really teaching him, but just training with him, you know, because if you know what I'm saying, and that's like, yeah. that's because that's the way I learned. I think that's my bias. That's the way I learned yeah. best is just, I could study Dylan's movement, you know, 
and and I've and I've been really fortunate that I've been around not just Dylan and Nick and you know but tons of amazing athletes here in Colorado like Dante taught me a lot um, I know nice. if you know Dante DeGrazioli yeah. like a lot of the, all the dudes that you can name out here uh, the Apex guys obviously Ryan Amos and um, the gym like community out here has been really helpful and, and being a, yeah. able to take part in that but also just even traveling and meeting some of the more OG UK practitioners spending nice. some time in Europe like that just being around certain heavy hitters like Philly or D or you know any of these people it helps you get a grasp of how they approach training and that's sometimes the key insight that I need to take myself past a plateau or um nice but yeah anyhow Dude, so you started you started training with Dylan that was like I started training I started training just like on my own like a lot of us like in 2010 there wasn't really that much to do or there wasn't much Instagram or anything else. Um, and, and even though there was a big community kind of around me, I didn't discover it until I was lucky. I, I discovered it pretty early in my training, but yeah. I started training basically alone. I would go on long runs and I would just like fucking jump over shit. You know, like <laughs> I would just like, I would go on a long run. It would really just be a long distance run, like a 20 to 30 minute run. And I would just try to find easy things to jump over and, and vault. But I wasn't, nice. but I was just like completely doing my own thing. And I knew about parkour, but I was kind of like just to dip in my toe. And then I realized there was a group of people that would meet up at CU, the university in Boulder every okay. Tuesday and Thursday or something. And I came and met up with them and, you know, once a week or twice or sometimes every other week. And I met some people like one of those, that guy, I wish I can't even remember his name. There was this one dude who was like. He just dis he's like my Obi-Wan, dude. He's dead. Or my Qui-Gon if we're talking about Star Wars. But he's like he's dead in my life. Like I don't know him. I never got I never kept contact with him, but there was like this one individual that was kind of like the the hub of that little meetup every few days. Yeah. I don't even remember what his name was. I don't I'm feel ashamed that I don't remember him. But I remember his face really well. And that guy really nice. helped me like get things underground. And then of course I discovered Apex like um the community that he and and started attending classes and i had um i had a really close relationship with one of the guys who was already working there he my cool. brother he and he, him and my brother were like best friends in high school like i knew him from high school yeah dude and so uh and so i was just really lucky you know i was just really fortunate in that regard and and then I, I was like, I'm doing this. You know, I finished up my degree and I was like, I don't really want to go into that. I'm just going to like be a parkour bum for a while and, and see. What did you go for? Uh, I went for, I had a journalism degree technically and I went to um, CU, but I studied like creative advertising is the track of the journalism school that I was in. Okay. And so it's like art direction and copywriting. And, you know, I just felt like it was really shallow and just empty to try to like sell stuff that I didn't believe in. And that was kind of like, at least that's the, the path that they point you on in that program. It's like, be a part of an ad agency. Whereas yeah. I'm like, I mean, I'm not against selling things, but I'm not into selling just anything. I'm just it's tough. I feel like every parkour athlete, um, they have a form of artistry mm. that, that not a lot of other recreational sports offer. So there's a lot of, uh, morality and drive towards the way that we move and then translate it to real life so i could see you getting done with college and being like ah, oh, it doesn't feel right <laughs> and making addition to this training yeah yeah and uh, 
Um, I am, dude, that's crazy though. I listen to your podcast. Like I've always, sometimes you've gotten kind of close to talking about where you started and stuff like that. And I'm like, he didn't say it. So yeah, <laughs> it, man, no, I, that's, that's history for me. I'm actually quite obsessed with the Colorado community. Like I, uh, I've always been fond of it and wanted to know more about it. I used to watch like Dante's old videos mm-hmm. on YouTube mm-hmm. back in the day where mm-hmm. they were at Cottonwood all the time. Uh, <laughs> we're like, uh, Ross Allen. Just being oh like, my God. Yeah. Year old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that dumb. did Ross. Ross is like, I love to put people in this Star Wars world for some reason, but I'm just like, Ross is such a little, he's like obviously Dante's protege. And, yeah. um, and is like, I don't know, he's just an amazing human. That kid. Great athlete. Um, it's so, I remember I was at a jam in Grand Junction. Uh, a long time ago. Oh, uh, Vinny. Vinny, actually, we, I should have mentioned him, but Vinny Coriel, another huge inspiration to everyone in Colorado. But I think that's where oh, you're going, at least. I think the U.S., man. I oh, mean, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We oh, saw the world. I mean, obviously. This, yeah. <laughs> He's beautiful, man. He's a really awesome dude. We, uh, Me, uh, my buddy Peter, and Juan, uh, we all drove up to Grand Junction for a jam and Ross was there. And I think Ross was, he had to at least be like 11 years old and he was hitting like double A twists. And we were <laughs> like, who is this kid? Like, <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. And Vinny, there was this show reel that he had on YouTube. It was like fall show reel and it had that dubstep song, like I can't stop. And it was just, <laughs> we listened to that thing on repeat in our car yeah. and then, yeah, he's unreal, man. He's a great athlete. Um, so yeah, so you started training with Dylan, um, and this is all leading up to descents. Yeah, let's get, let's get there. Let's take our time, savor it. But yeah, let's get to the descents because I think this is a fascinating thing. Like, it sounds like you're interested in it too. And I think the history of like how these moves even come to be, like, it's all, it's all really fascinating to learn and know. Because you you know where, you know how descent started, right? Like, I don't, I, I would say, I would say that, okay, here's my take on it. Descent, yeah. descent is a broader term than most people give it credit for, in okay. my opinion. I think a lot of people call the cat hang drop a descent. And in my, in my world, it's a distinction. Descending, okay. go doing a descent means you're going from somewhere high to somewhere low, probably with more vertical um, ground being covered than horizontal generally. But even if, you're, even if that's, not, that's not a rule, it's just like if you're, if you're going down a lot of things and you're not going up, that's a descent. Like, that's descending movement. Like and um, and a cat hang drop is what most people call a descent, where you're hanging in a cat, and you release, and you get into another cat. Or, okay. you know, we haven't exactly landed on a term there, but um, I understand, I like, like, everyone uses both and interchangeably. I call them cat hang drops or cat drops. Cat drops. I've heard and, cat drop. And for uh, sure. I don't like to call them descents because I think it's more precise to say what the technique is. And okay. I think that descent is just a bigger word than we're thinking of it. And we don't, I don't want to limit our language because then people are going to think, oh, it's only going down the sides of parking garage. It is. And it's like, no, it can be so many yeah. things. Kind of like the difference of like a flip trick and a kick flip. Like yeah. there's multiple descents. Mm-hmm. That's just one version. Okay. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah I could see that. Yeah. And the, and the descent like itself, I would say started before like those, the, the famous, um, they're in, uh, is it Portugal or Lisbon or something? Um, the the cat backs, the cat reverse cat down. Oh yes, like, yeah, that, that one's be... really well known. Like think and the Yamakaze. Like people have been doing descents. Manhood, that whole manhood line, 
or not manhood, yeah. excuse me, manpower, manpower line, the yes. famous manpower line where, you know, David Bell's taking this huge roof gap and going down drops and just doing, he's doing cat drops, just not yeah. to a precision, just a big release and taking huge yeah. height drops, really like that to me, that's a descent. That's like, that's, that's a, that's like when you're starting to write the language of descent, descent. And, um, and it's really uh, uncrystallized yet, but, but I, okay. But to take it to where I think we all, we want to go, is I would say that you know Dylan kind of pioneered the technique that everyone is thinking about right now when they think about descents, which is the cat hang drop or the cat drop or whatever. And I was there when he was like when we were figuring it out. Like I was, I mean I don't know, dude. But like I do feel like it was pretty cool. Like now looking at how big this move was, that I was like witness to like Dylan kind of like playing with the idea and then like doing some with him as he was figuring it out and doing it on that Cherry Creek parking garage that kind of is now well known because it's it's the it's the genesis of this move as far as we know you know and it came out in the rogue squad video or actually before that on the little baker blog video that he put out in his own channel and then he put out in the rogue squad video and a lot of more people saw it and then uh and then he did it again in the myrmidons like videos a few times like stuff like that and doing different ones um and i and i think he would I know that he like thought of descents as broader than just that move as well. That's one of the reasons like why I, I take that position. But, oh. but um, what, what but, was his what was his inspiration behind that? Like, what, what was he just like? Yo, Brandon, I have this <laughs> idea. Were you guys there? And he was just like, maybe we could do this. Like, what, what was he thinking to do that? I think he had. He is just a visionary, and like certain people, like you're saying, like Jared's this incredibly talented athlete. Yeah, he doesn't know what the fuck to do with a camera apparently yet or he's learning what that's going on right but but, okay and so you know and that's that's one of the crazy things about you know this history of parkour is like dylan is like exceptional at like innovating techniques in parkour i mean obviously this is like a new it's pretty hard to come up with something that's like you know it's it's still like you could break it down to the building blocks it's kind of just a cat hang and it's basically a, a weird lachet in a way you know, it is. Yeah. So like, Absolutely. it's not like it's a brand new technique, but like, it's really changed the the language that we use in parkour because of just the way that he did it. And so he was just so brilliant at parkour and, and had already mastered so many things that he was, he was always looking to his environment, I think, to actually adapt and see like what was possible. And for, for yeah. me, I think he was just like, I think it's possible to do that. Yeah. And that's like the craziest shit with you when you can step to that challenge without really knowing because now everyone knows it's possible yes and we all see each other doing it and it's like okay it's still scary as fuck when you're first going for one but actually once you've gone for a few and you kind of realize like okay this is not actually the hardest technique it's really just a very scary technique because you can take it so high very quickly but he just like yeah i mean we he was like i think i think this is possible and i was like all right and i mean he, I think he had tried it a few times and done it once or twice, like, um, on his own. And then I went and did a few with him and learned it with him, like before he'd actually done the, from a, from a drop that could, you know, break your ankles or bruise your feet or do something really serious. And wow. I think, I think again, it's just fascinating because that parking garage where he was founded it was just, um, it was just like the perfect spot. There's a lot of progressions that are there. I think the spot is really interesting. The spot will teach you how to do things that you wouldn't even know were possible. And I think that one in particular is just, it lends itself to an easy ish progression through the technique because you can do it over the awning that's there. I don't know. You've been there, right? 
Yeah, yeah. You can dude, do it over the just... awning and it's almost no consequence. Then you can take it over like an almost nothing drop and higher and higher. And because the, the parking garage is staggered, it's almost like only a five foot increase each time. Yeah. And so, you know, he just, and he was already, you know, he's done. Um, he just was really good at assessing and committing to movements and just being like, yeah. once he realizes it can be ready, he was really good with the mental, you know, he wasn't going to yeah. let it stop him. He's not going to like sit on the third story for very long thinking like, Oh, is this going to work here? He's like, no, it worked down there. It worked a little higher. It's going to work. And he was wow. very matter of fact about a lot of what he could do because he was so experienced. Wow. Dude. That, yeah. That, that was history for me to go back to that spot. It, funny story. Actually, <laughs> I like, I went for the apex, uh, the, NAPC qualifier. That's why we were there. Um, but I personally went to see that garage. Like that was the, <laughs> I, ha- I had to see it. I was like, I have to like, uh, and I went and I had never done a crane tech before. Mm. Uh, but for the sake of his 2014 video, I was like, I have to learn the crane tech and I have to do it with the crane tech because that's how, that's how it was done. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, yeah, beautiful man. And, and speaking of like the Jedi mindset and stuff like that, it was really cool because um, and not to throw them on this huge pedestal, but whenever, whenever I, I saw them done in the first place, it, I was like, I was actually out in Dubai and I was coaching, uh, at a gym out there for three months oh, cool. and yeah, you don't train outside there. So <laughs> it's just so just too hot, hot. <laughs> for summer. So I was sitting, I, uh, and just watching some YouTube videos and I was like, I'm going to watch some Dylan Baker. I hadn't seen his in a long time. And I watched his 2014 video mm-hmm. and there was a drone shot of it at Cherry Creek. And it, the sense were on my heart, like weighing on my heart for like a month before <laughs> I could get home and hit one. So it was just this hunger of like, okay, I gotta find a garage. And I spent like hours upon hours with Google Earth and I mapped out and drove to 20 garages in Houston. I couldn't do any of them. I just went and looked. <laughs> cool okay wow. like, <laughs> and uh yeah dude it just yeah dude, I, i've never even gotten to meet dylan i saw him at uh international but he definitely holds a special place in my heart for have never meeting him for sure just uh the sense definitely changed my life completely so how, how yeah because you taught you've talked about that i've seen you write about it a little bit and i want to know a little bit more like specifically how did it change your life like what did it do for you um let me get that phone real yeah, quick do i'm your sorry thing, do your thing And I'm back. And he's um, back. And, uh, a big thing was like I, I had been training parkour for like seven ish years, but I, I there was no progress beyond. I felt like I had hit this top of my training that was like, okay, I'm just still really afraid of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, bro. Bro, bro. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> How dare you? Anytime fitness, be well to it, my friend. That's what's happening in the background on the wall here for you guys. A little Bruce Lee quote. Sorry, you're good. Um, you're good. Yeah, uh, basically, the uh, I was, I felt this big plateau in my training, and uh, really, I just started looking online, and and I saw Nick's page, and I just saw him have this very calm approach to heights, and I never did. When I first started training, I was like, I was afraid to climb a ladder kind of thing. <laughs> I'd be that friend that everyone was like, dude, let's go get on a roof. I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm be a bad 
And uh, yeah, it was just this slow process where uh, I also stopped worrying about, I just got into my own lane and I was like, okay, I want to do descents. I know I want to do them. Um, even if it's the second to first story, I'll be extremely happy. Uh, and it turned into this long progression of, I bought a notebook and I would just go and sit. I found one garage that I could do second to first story. And I would go and sit there for like four hours. And uh, my girlfriend, she'd be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm still training this descent. And I'd be there for four or five hours just taking notes um, and figuring it out. And eventually I repped this one garage for like two months, uh, second to first story. And my first third story was out in Dallas. I saw it and I was like, oh, I'm only here for two days. I have to do it. And that, I, I don't do them in two days. Normally it takes a lot longer for me because mm. heights, that, that is me. Heights scare me a lot. Um, but that one I did in two days and I just like freaked out and I was like, okay, I, I know I can do these now. I can take them higher and higher and higher and it won't bother me. Um, and it became a full obsession. So it became eight hour training days on one garage. Um, by the way, I live out of my car <laughs> and I, that was coming home from Dubai. I took the money that I had. I bought a car, built it out a little bit and, uh, and a lot of that was to go towards descents and, and really focus on them. I didn't know that I was going to buy a drone and start filming all of them. Mm-hmm. That was just me being like, I'm going to, I want to learn these things and, and master them. And in a sense, I mean, it, it sounds like a little prideful, but it was like an opportunity for me to forge something too. Like I was saying earlier, I was like, man, I could really focus on this kind of like a martial art. Like this could be my, my sword training or bow staff training, I could really dial in on this one thing. And I'd never done that with my training before. It was always like, I'm gonna go train. And it was more body exhaustion over six hours, you know, of like mm-hmm. I hit some rail precisions, hit a couple concrete. It was the first time of looking at it almost like projecting something. Um, so now I have like three thick journals of just notes on notes on notes on just cat drops. And wow. <laughs> Dude, that's so and, valuable. I think thanks, that's man. amazing because like, you know, you said that uh, I don't want to cut you off because I'm really interested in where this is going. But also, I think it's really important for people to recognize that the fact that you aren't crazy gifted at, uh, like a like a Jared or somebody at at Descents forced you to actually figure something out in a really really detailed and really like methodical way. That I think with those journals, whatever's written in them, I don't know if it ever comes out, but it's actually allowed you to go a lot further with your Descents than most people because you've actually articulated every last detail of what they mean and what it, what it is I think which you know people sometimes think that oh like it's great to be the talented person sometimes you don't know how to do the hardest work like that you're doing there until and I don't know I just think it can be it, it plays both sides because I've I've been you know a witness and aware to certain things that I've come really easy to me but then I those are the ones I plateau with the hardest because I never had to figure them out. Whereas the yeah. things like that you that you really hone in on sometimes are really, really, once you really isolate it and figure out the building block, now you have something you can really work with. Nice. No, that did beautifully said. That's, that's, exactly, that's exactly how it felt too. And on top of it, it, you also start learning like, man, I don't train as hard, as smart, as I could have in the past. And so then I started applying it to every kind of training, like rail precisions or everything at height. Mm. And and, uh, it was so crazy to me because it went from like, 
I was afraid of almost everything. And I, you know, and I'm saying this out loud for everyone, you know, that's very vulnerable to, for me to say was I was training for seven years and I was just so scared of even like nine foot running precisions if it was over eight feet off the ground. And so training to really changed that for me. And I went from the really, really scared to like, uh, I was able to compete at NAPC last year for skill. And that was huge for me. Cause I was like, eh. I didn't make it past the top 10. <laughs> I actually got 11. Dude, oh, I got 11. Oh gosh. What are you going to do? Skills. So fun though. Skills, the best challenge, best competition of all the three. Cause it's almost no pressure. It's a lot more like you're just training. Yeah. It did feel, I it love did skill. Feel, I love the skill challenge. That's one of my, that's my favorite one to compete in, but I was really? never the one that I could win. So dude, you, you, <clears throat> so not to change the subject, yeah, yeah. but I, I do want to get to, uh, the Nordstrom, Kong Prix that you did. Mm. How fast did you do that? And how long did you know it was there? Um, that Nordstrom Kong Prix was something that I looked at in 2015 or maybe a little oh. earlier, but I seriously looked at it in 2015 when Storm America was filming their tour. I don't know if you saw the Storm America video. Dude, um, so sick. But that was one of the, I want to do a whole segment on the Storm America video because I just, I, I don't know. Just to no, to get a little nostalgic, it. but also to break down some of this history, and and I think that project just deserves a little more attention. Um, yeah. But it's it was like I'm gonna do that. I was ready to do it. I think that day, but I was feeling like you know just a little bit off. And I was doing some warm up kongs, and I just hit the there was like a, just a bunch of dust that I didn't recognize, I didn't see, and I didn't like check for, and just slipped and like. F- hit my ass on the ground like just doing a warm-up kong like it wasn't really that bad of a bail or anything but i just like rocked me and i was like if i can't do that i'm not doing it today and then i didn't really like look at it seriously for a long time and it just kind of sat there in the back of my mind and i never really i was like oh maybe i'll go up there and i went up there a few times even and looked at it and you know i was just getting I was just feeling like a little bit torn in like my training for a few years, just like, where am I going? Like, what do I want? Why do, why am I trying to risk my life, you know, in, yeah. in this and why do I really want to do these things? And, you know, things with Merm kind of went a different direction. So I didn't have like the same training energy that I used to with, with those guys. Um, yeah. but you know, and then with Nick, some of that was coming back and I was like, you know, and once, once somebody does it again, like he stepped to it first, once he broke the challenge, it made me realize like, I, can do this challenge and uh and i I really wanted to it made me also just kind of like be like yeah this is more accessible than i made it in my head and um wow and it's just weird because like i think sometimes that you you know when i was getting older i was training less just to help protect my joints and like make sure that my sustainability was still upward um, yeah. cause I, I don't want to like have like this complete drop off. And so I, I've come up against injuries where I'm like, all right, I got to take a lot more time to just notice what is going on with impact because I, cause again, for me, it's kind of the opposite. Like I, I think I excelled a little bit too quickly early on. And so my okay. technique was good, but it was never like what it's going to be and, and what it is now even in terms of like how well I understand how to use my body and the muscles and everything to contact concrete in a way that's really sustainable and and can make me like last but still be able to do big stuff because i like doing big stuff nice and yeah. uh but yeah once nick did it i was like all right i did like a few warm-ups and i was like i'm ready to go because the one thing that i had done over the years was like i've done kongs and i've done a lot of heights training and so 
I'm pretty good about making the decision and not being that scared. Even though I started off like you, I was very scared to be at height and still am like uncomfortable with a lot of things at height. But I know when I'm like being silly about it and when I'm being smart about it. And, and when I'm being silly about it, it's, it's not hard for me to, to make the decision and go anymore because that's one of the things that I focused in on really hard was just like that intuitive sense of like, all right, is this safe? And am I overcoming something or is this risky and I need to back down? Okay. So that day you felt pretty comfortable then like after he I felt like, yeah, I just felt, I I mean, it was, I surprised the hell out of myself in in some ways for sure. Because I was like, this feels, cause that's one of the things I I think I had to let go of was like, I need to be training constantly. I need to like always be on this level and I need, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't be really on point with your technique, especially if you're going over huge height gaps, but you can't beat yourself up if you, you like I needed to instill and remember that I've been training for a long time. Those techniques, yeah, I haven't done them yesterday, but they didn't go away, they didn't disappear. And like, I still had this momentum and I still had technique and I still understood things. And as I started to like, let that idea kind of take hold in my brain, I realized that like, I can still progress. Yeah. Um, without having to train at the volume that I used to train because my volume had to come down okay. to, to protect my for body. And, yeah, uh, sure. and that, that just navigating through that space of being like, how am I still going to push myself mentally and, and with big challenges without needing to train high volume and power and stuff, this the kind of stuff that will break my body over, over time. Volume. I think the volume is the hardest thing to like, I turned 25 this year, so I'm, I'm now experiencing if I don't warm up, if I don't cool down, if I'm not foam rolling a couple times a week, mm-hmm. I do notice like it's not that fun to train because now it hurts. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm now experiencing the volume of I used to train six days a week and now I train probably three, maybe four mm-hmm. and for way less time. But I don't hit a lot of small challenges anymore. I'll go out and I hit some warm up stuff and then I'll hit some medium challenges and maybe two or three that scare me. And then that's normally a session for me. Whereas before it was like training until my legs fall off, going to eat Chipotle. <laughs> and you know, yeah. like, yeah, now it's, no, I feel you completely. And it's cool because I've heard you talk about that a little bit on, on, on your podcast about you turning 30, or 30, right? And that was kind of like, now. 31? But I was oh, 30, cool. I was 30 for the Nordy Kong. That was, that was cool. Cause I think it's, I mean, that was one of the things that inspired me was I was like, you know, people probably think like, I used to think like, damn, like when I'm that age, I probably won't be doing that kind of stuff, too. you know? I did. Yeah. But no, but I mean, it, you're proof that you can still send at 30. I mean, that's <laughs> notably to me, probably one of the biggest conferees done in the States. Probably. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It's a it's a big scary Kong Prix, but it's it's I wouldn't say it's it's anywhere near like the power levels that are required or the highest in in the states, you know. But that's one of the yeah. reasons why you can do it, you know, like at, at a crazy height like that. Yeah, but it is I, like I, it is a I, big scary looking Kong for sure. Is there a warm up at the bottom, or is it just there is a if you're if you're if you're okay taking the huge impact, you can just do it over basically a non drop. Um, oh, cool. but it is a, it's a, it's a lot of impact that one. Okay. And, um, and so it's kind of like one of those things again, like as I've gotten older and learned wiser, I'm just like, I'm not like certain challenges. It's like, I only have a few attempts before I'm like putting my body at risk of injury. Yeah. Um, 
And that's that's because I I need to probably be more conditioned as well, so I can throw it like 20, 30 times. But I yeah. don't like to train that way anyway. So I usually don't even pick challenges if I feel like I'm going to have to take huge amounts of impact for like double digits amounts of attempts. Okay. You know, it's just like after after suffering some injuries and things, I'm just like, it's really never worth it to me to have like a bum ankle for a few weeks just because I really wanted some one thing when I could have waited. And that was another beautiful thing about that Nord Kong is just like, it came to me. I like stopped thinking about it. And then all of a sudden one day it was just like, oh, this is easy. I didn't like have to work through anything. I just knew that I could do it. It was really weird. I wasn't, I didn't really want to do it. I just all of a sudden knew I could. And I was like, oh, well, if I can, I might as well do it. So isn't that crazy, man? 2015. Yeah. (laughs) So what? That was 2018, right? No, 2019. It was 2019. So yeah, it took like four years before I was like, all right, this is fine. (laughs) Special, man. No, that's special. Like, uh, so definitely write about that and repost that. Like that is something that it, I get a lot of messages from people and they're like, dude, how do you get in the descents? And, and I don't know how to explain it. So I take a lot of time mm. uh, to, to reply to them and say like uh, a lot of time. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, it's like, like there's no secret really. It's you'll know when you got a lot of experience under your belt. And how, often, what, how often were you training? What was your volume uh, around that time? It was super low. I mean, but here's the thing is like, all it is is a big, powerful Kong. Yeah. And it's not even your max power or anything. But like, for me, it's like, I know how to hit a Kong and be in the right body position in air. Dude, that, and that's I, inspiring. If, I think I if, like- if you think about it that simply, it's like, I've been doing Kongs for a long time. It's not like I'm learning a new move. It's, can I go up, do a really good Kong? 80% power or higher will do, and I'll be safe, you know? Obviously being focused. But you have yeah. to break it down that simply to like you know i can't make it bigger than what it is and but yeah. um i never really try to advise anyone to to take my advice even you know eat like yeah. you're saying it's just like yeah. i could tell you yeah but it's really just a lot of time and just my own knowing yeah. and my experience and what i've done for you know it's always a culmination of my entire history up to that moment yeah. you know everything no, it, i've learned i think that how you just explained it was was really well said like you, you explained it in a way of like I kept it to the basics. Uh, sometimes I've seen things explained and it's, it, it, sometimes it can be explained what I would see in an irresponsible manner that could get someone hurt. It's always nice to say you train the basics forever <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then you go up later and, and you test yourself whenever you feel like your heart's ready, whenever, you know, and I love that you said four years, that's, or the, yeah, three, four years. That's, that's beautiful. Like, uh, um, I had, so the, the descent that actually got some recognition for me, which surprisingly wasn't on a drone, which mm-hmm. a little upset about that. <laughs> People don't know <laughs> what they like, dude. You have to tell them what they like. Apparently they don't know what's when good. It, they don't know what's good. I should say they know what they like, but they don't know what's good. Yeah. When in the depth <laughs> of that drone. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, uh, I saw this, the one that got tre- tweeted by uh sports center, right? That one. Is that the one yeah, you're referring to? All right, please yeah. continue. So that was like, a, um, that one was an eight month progression. Um, and I lived three hours away from it. So I was driving up to Austin from Houston and it's on sixth street. So it's on the street where all the bars are, mm-hmm. uh, where South by Southwest is. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't really know Austin, but love it. Okay. <laughs> one day I yeah, will. I want to come out. Dude, come on out. Yeah. And, uh, 
Yeah, so I was training there, and at the end of the weekend, because Jared lives up in Austin, so I would drive to that garage, and I would train it for two or three hours, and then come home. And uh, it started with the second to first story. A couple months later, I hit the third. A uh, couple months later, I hit the fourth. Then at around six months, I re-established the way I wanted to do it, and I went from two feet to crane tech. Uh, and that was post-Colorado trip whenever I figured out the crane tech, and I was like, oh, wow, that feels way nicer uh, you yeah you don't feel like you're just like hitting two feet and like all right i'm extremely vulnerable yeah 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 i think elijah you know elijah muller yeah he's he the only to. other person like he's one of the only people i could think of who's just like always pre never crane like with the always with the descent i love it but again yeah, it's dude. always to each his own it's like if he feels more comfortable then that's why he does it yeah, he's actually he's actually another guy that I looked up to. I, I actually haven't gotten to meet him, but uh, just watching his descents is him and uh, uh, Joe Scandrit. Oh yeah, uh, Scandrit is the the king. I, I like to reference him as the, you know you got the founder, you got the Steve Jobs as Dylan Baker, <laughs> Nick Ortiz. He's like the Edison. He's like the innovator, <laughs> and you got Joe Scandrit, the king. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he took it to the top. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, so I was going back and forth to this garage and um, reestablished. I got the, the fourth level at the crane tech and then two months later, it was really weird, man. I was like, okay, this isn't getting any less scary anymore. I, cause I would go up to the top and look at the end of each session and I was like, it, I've gotten to the max point where it's like, you hit that 95% of prep and then there's the 5% of the experience and unknown that you just will never tap into. You gotta hang, you gotta give it a go. And we went, uh, and I, I hung from it twice and climbed up and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> and, uh, we climbed to the bottom and, uh, it took me about 45 minutes before I finally like gave it a go. And mm-hmm. I, I was very blessed to have like Jared and my friend Dana. Uh, she's the one who's done most of my drone shots for me. Um, they stood there the whole time. They didn't say a word. Uh, they let me process myself, which is beautiful. Like, uh, they, they didn't care if we would have been there for four hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I felt no pressure. It was just, uh, I hung a few times. Uh, I talk out loud a lot and I was just like, no, no, I'm good guys. And we go to the bottom and I'm like, okay, I'll go look one more time. <laughs> and then did it. And, uh, Jared was so hyped that day. He actually sent a five story descent that day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he could just cause it's Jared, but uh, yeah. yeah. And then that actually happened in July of last year, uh, July, August of last year. So the ESPN thing didn't happen until this year. Uh, which is really interesting because then I'm getting all these followers and messages and stuff like that. But the hype of that, the excitement had been gone for half a year at this point. Mm-hmm. So I had to revisit the, you know, <laughs> I had to rewatch the video myself and be like, oh, that is cool. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was a beautiful experience, though. I think that's the one, uh, um, you know, not to... I hope no one gets offended, but I do have like a heavy faith in God. And, uh, and that was, uh, that's fairly new of about a year. Descents helped me find that faith, uh, mm. just by trusting in myself. And that 5% that I talk about was just, you know, trusting that. Cause a lot of people ask like, Oh, well, what if you fall? And I'm sure you, you know, I'm sure you've gotten that with height stuff in general. What if you fall? And, and, and for me, um, again, no offense to anyone who has their own beliefs. That's uh-huh. just mine. Um, it, to me, it's like, if God wants me to not succeed in this after I've put a hundred percent work in, I, I'm okay with that. Mm, mm. And, and that's my best answer to people. <laughs> hey, 
my mind and my body not here after all that prep, I'll understand. (laughs) (laughs) That's powerful, man. I mean, I actually think that's really fascinating. That is one of the things that if you don't mind, I would like to talk about a little bit more because it sounds like it's, it's very important to you and I don't think it's going to offend anybody and whatever, if they do get offended, like, I don't know, Yeah, stop listening. But, um, (laughs) but because I think that's really power. Like, it's just interesting. You know, you talk about it as this last 5% and cultivating that belief in yourself or belief in a, a bigger power or yeah. higher presence. And, and like, what was it that you, you said it kind of the sense brought this into your life and yes, absolutely. can you talk yes. more about that? Or just like where you were at yeah. before that and like where you're at now? Oh dude. So like, uh, um, I guess, yeah, I'll get into the meat. Like, uh, whenever I was a kid, uh, my whole life had kind of been surrounded by this negativity of being a kid. Right. So like my, uh, I turned four and my house burned down. Um, and then in that same year, my dad was diagnosed with ALS. So muscle oh, degenerative sorry. disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I turned tw- or 11 and my house burned down again. Um, and my what? dad passed. Away. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. So my house burned twice growing up. And that was kind of like, <laughs> it's weird because that was like the introduction to uh, skateboarding in my life. Uh, I found that as a source of just like, I guess, coping and, and, as a kid, you don't look at it as coping though. You're just like, I want to do something fun because all that stuff happened and it sucks. So yeah. Uh, yeah, second house burned down and my dad passed away a couple months later. So uh, we go from like my dad being like the money maker, like the, the hard worker that he was to my mom never having to work. And then we go to assisted income apartments from like this, this big house that my dad had built that is now gone. Oh my um, God. Can I uh, ask really real quick how it burnt down or how both of them burnt down? So electrical fire for the first and then the second one, they don't know. That oh. is, yeah, it could have been anything, a toaster. It could have been, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But um, anyhow, <laughs> sorry, that just, I mean, no, no. that's, that's a, yeah. that's a wild, that's a, that's a, you know, obviously terrible, unfortunate, but, um, I'm sure we're, hey, we're, 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 oh dude, it makes you who you are though, you know? Yeah, and, exactly, and I, exactly. Yeah. And the, uh, it's interesting because the, uh, it, I think that's why parkour connected to me so much was it, uh, it really made me a minimalist in a sense because, and that's kind of why I live in my car now and do what I do with that is because I've lost everything twice. Yeah. And wow. so now I don't need that much to make me happy. Um, and I guess I, I strayed from my belief in God whenever I was a kid uh, because my dad passed away and it, it, and all that happened. And I was like, in a sense, really angry as a kid. And I was like, how can all that happen? <laughs> and there be someone at a greater power allow <laughs> in a sense, I could, you know, I follow I, that logic I, as a, you know, as 11 year old me for sure. I would be feeling the same way, man. Yeah. Just an angry <laughs> little kid. <laughs> well, I mean, and, uh, Jesus, that's a lot for any person to deal with much less a young, you know, a young boy or whatever, a young man like you. Um, yeah. And, and then, you know, I went through, uh, just life. Uh, I started working at a gym, uh, and I went, I got my associate's degree and just things weren't very fulfilling. Uh, parkour was pretty fulfilling. I I think I was filling a void with parkour. Um, I was allowing parkour to fill a void in my life that was unhealthy. And I feel like a lot of parkour athletes may, may experience this. I, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I couldn't agree more with you real quick though. Can we fill the gap between skateboarding and parkour? I feel like we missed something there. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, so I got in the skateboarding first, um, and this was right after my second house burned down, and uh, I excelled in that. Uh, I had nothing to do, so I had this little iPod, uh, and I just would listen to music and skateboard like seven hours a day after school. My mom couldn't get me inside. Um, I that was a very creative phase for me. That's where I think I became more of an artist rather than like a, um, an athlete. Uh, at the same time I was learning guitar and piano, um, and, and just a bunch of stuff. I started filling my life with things that could last. And I think that a lot of that was filling different voids from my childhood. And I was like, okay, I lost so much. I can start filling, filling the gaps here and there. So I skateboarded for, for three or four years. I, I did a few competitions. That was fun. Nothing like nothing past like pro-am stuff it was mm-hmm. just i never went to like a pro competition but uh uh and then i found parkour at 15 and i saw like a you do you remember that three run video that was like uh it was like duh, 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 duh. <laughs> i'm sure yeah yeah i remember it i remember it i mean <laughs> <laughs> i've seen yeah, a lot yeah 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 the buildings the big <laughs> roof gaps uh-huh. yeah just uh-huh sick stuff at the time you know and i was like okay that's what i want to do for sure um and i turned 18 and it was weird uh because my mom also she suffers from like mental health she wasn't able to really take care of us in the best of ways so there was no backup of of money or or college to be had or anything like that so I actually moved out into my brother's apartment on his couch. And at this time, I would say I was an extremely lazy person. Um, you know, I think the role model of not having a dad around in those last few years, I, I just kind of became a uh, a dummy <laughs> or a goofball. I was still learning. So then uh, from there, I, I, I felt as if parkour was already in my life at this time for a couple years. Uh, and my brother-in-law was like, hey man, there's, he lived in a town 30 miles away. And there was a gym there and he's like, Hey man, come down here. You know, you can live with us, go to college. And I give a lot of credit to them. Uh, my brother-in-law, he's a solid dude. He was, uh, he was in the army. He fought in the war in Iraq. Uh, he's a beautiful dude. Uh, never asks for attention. Just a, a, an amazing, beautiful hearted person, him and my sister. And they were like, come live with me. And, uh, and you can work at this gym. We'll get you a job and you can go to school under your FAFSA or whatever. So I, I came and I became a personal trainer. Uh, I started working like 40, 50 hours a week. Uh, parkour kind of took a, a break because I needed to get my, my soul in order in a sense, mm-hmm. uh, my work ethic in order. And uh, they taught me about work ethic and they taught me to, you know, so during about for two years I was in school, uh, you know, 12 to 15 hours a semester and working 40, 45 hours a week. And, and that was, and it was interesting. I was lifting a lot too. Parkour kind of took an absence, but a necessary absence, I feel. And it also, so then I, I finished the associates and same like you, I was like, I don't want to go back for that. Uh, I don't want to finish my, my, my bachelor's parkour is like calling my name. So, uh, I had met my girlfriend at the time now, her name's Abby. Uh, and I was about 21 whenever all that stuff was done, two to three years doing that. And, she had convinced me to really dive into parkour again and, and, and make it something special. And so I was thinking of Instagram names and I, I thought of the parkour journal and she was like, go for it. And so that's where that kind of spawned. She was like, yeah, all in. And, uh, so then I, I started training really hard for a while and, uh, and 
that's the parkour journal is where I started training harder. Uh, I still couldn't quite excel past what I wanted to. Uh, and I got a message on Instagram from, uh, this gym called gravity out in Dubai. This is about mid 2018 at this point. Mm. And they were like, Hey, like, do you want to come and coach out here? And I, I almost deleted the message because you know you get so many random DMs. So I was like, "That's fake." Oh my god, dude! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially coming from Dubai, you're like, "Come on." Yeah, it's not real. And and I said and I said okay. And then it turned into like an interview, and then it turned into me going out there, and I and I got to teach for three months, meet so many amazing people, uh, a lot of calisthenic guys, and I got to see their diets and the way that they train, and kind of put that into my parkour and. Uh, just started eating a lot healthier and more clean. And I had already done that, but they really refined it. They were the guys, like uh, I met Eric Ortiz. So uh, he was one of the coaches at this gym. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he won king of the bars like three years in a row. He, oh, he wow. was the guy, you yeah. know, and uh, yeah. seeing him train, it made me realize that he was training like four hours a day before classes would start. Whoa. And, and Whoa. all calisthenics, yeah. And I was like, bro, who am I? Like, why, why have I not been doing that with parkour? So all this built up to me coming home. And I remember I set out a goal. I was like, I'm going to go to NAPC and I'm going to do descents because I'd seen Nick on Instagram while I was out in Dubai. And, uh, and then that's what I did. I came home and I bought a car, moved into it and really gave descents a solid try. Um, and, and at this point I was still very, I, I don't like the term atheist, but like, I just didn't believe in anything. Mm. There wasn't anything guiding my heart other than, things that I was filling a void with parkour, um, fitness, nutrition, friends, girlfriend. I I was putting everything at the throne of my heart besides God and, and what I see as the ultimate innovator, the ultimate creator, the, the, the guy who makes all this possible. Uh, I I like calling him the watchmaker, you know, (laughs) it's just, yeah. Uh, and it, I had gotten up to doing that chase descent and I did it. And I remember that was the only descent and the, you know, not to scare anyone or make anyone feel bad for me or anything. But whenever I was hanging from the top of that descent, I was also going through like some heavy depression stuff, uh, because of all this fulfillment stuff. I was like, man, this is the 20th descent I've done. Uh, probably the seventh one at a high level that I could really hurt myself. What am I doing this for? And I remember like talking out loud to God on top of that, that garage. And I was like, you know, if, if, if this is, you know, if I fall today, <laughs> you know, it's, it, you know, help me out here. My mind is not in a happy place. Like, you know, make me fast and accurate, make me be able to do this and, and, and make me okay. And whenever I got to the bottom, I went and bought a Bible. I went and bought mere Christianity by CS Lewis. And I, I just started reading ever since wow. and, uh, wow. and found this really, uh, good relationship with me and and who i believe is the creator of everything and uh and he's you know it's it's made my life filled with love and it's made me spread love even more than i ever have um and yeah so i think i had a heavy call to do descents maybe for for social media purposes but mainly for myself you know and and that's really special to me that now whenever i get older i i know why i fell into that uh basically what I thought that heights were going to do for me. It turned out God did that for me. Mm. Um, and it was, yeah, it's really, it's a really beautiful time in my life. Really awakening, uh, really pulled me out of a really dark time as well. I was really angry at him, uh, because of my dad, the houses, 
my mom, our whole situation and, and, you know, getting past all that, I realized like trusting in him, uh, without all that stuff have happening, I wouldn't have been able to push myself to the limit that I had. Um, and I think there's something special there too. Like going through hardships makes you way stronger. Um, so people mistake looking at hardship as like, uh, as a bad thing. Yeah. And instead, if you can change that perspective, then, you know, kind of flip flop it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's an amazing outlook. I mean, I think it's beautiful. I think it's a hundred, I love it. And yeah, I don't, I know what really to say other than like, you know, I did say it was unfortunate. Obviously it feels that way, but the fact that you can see it as like the gift that it was to you now and that it helped you forge your own reality that now you're living in, that you are experiencing so much love and happiness. It's just, um, it's a beautiful thing. And I think it's a journey that you're, share with a lot of people you know i think it's really awesome that you're willing to share it and be so honest about like your thoughts on it because i think a lot of people need to just feel that even if they don't believe in the same thing you do they need to understand that this is a spiritual journey that they're on sometimes and if they're i mean i love the way like i I would i want to know if you can talk a little bit more about like filling that void like what does that feel like now that it's not a void and how did it feel then because i think that's like a really key difference i certainly am I'm, I'm of the same persuasion, I think, where I was, I was abusing parkour and I was abusing. And that's one of the reasons why I know it wasn't sustainable yeah. is because like I was beating my body up to avoid certain things or to like take, to escape certain things. Like that's why I ran into like these issues. Um, whereas like I'm coming at it from a much healthier place now and yeah. I'm already building momentum. I can see and like there's energy there that didn't exist because I'm actually doing it for, you know, love and not for like this out of yeah. anger or out of, you know, I've talked about it a little bit sometimes on, on this podcast around my posts, but, um, could you describe what that, what that means to you about the void that you were filling? Yeah, absolutely. And I like what you said too, about, uh, beating up your body, right? Like be, it's, it's like you almost start abusing yourself and policing yourself, uh, in certain ways that you're like, wait, I started this for happiness, like, <laughs> and then after you're like, I'm purposefully hurting myself, why? And uh, no, I think you're right, uh, at, at the the void that I was feeling was all my emotions, the love that I wanted to give other people, the anger that I had towards my heart, towards God, towards my family, uh, and, and, and not my family in a bad way, but my family having to go through all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just all that anger pent up, and I was like, I can replace it with the good times that I have with parkour. But then now with parkour, it's, it's beautiful again. I feel like I'm, I'm 15 years old hitting, you know, my first front flip every time I'm out training. It feels, uh, and this goes for anyone doing any sport. It doesn't have to be parkour. Like, uh, yeah, it, it, you know what I mean? It, I do. It, like now reapproach that you, you are so happy going out to train now. And there, there's a time in the past where you almost felt like you just had to because it was routine. And by the time you're done training, you didn't actually feel that happy. Um, and, and it was just like, I'm just out here pushing the push because that's what I told myself I would do at 15. And I, <laughs> now I enjoy it. Now I take a lot of time in between projects too. Like I'll work on a garage for, for however long I want to. And, and, and if the video comes out, it comes out. And if it doesn't, then I, I heavily, you know, I don't feel any pressure anymore. There's not a lot of pressure to innovate. It's more fun to innovate now too. So mm-hmm. there's, there's before I felt like it was, it was forging. Now I feel like it's, 
it's just creating and we get to be our own little watchmakers of like how parkour is going to go for us and for our communities around us and and uh it made me a happier person i can say that at jams i was very quiet around that time and just not uh not very communicative now i try to meet everyone i can try to you know spread a, you know spread the good word of parkour <laughs> yeah read the parkour bible's the next instagram handle bro heck yeah. like, that's, that's, that's the goal like uh yeah man and just uh really utilizing it for the what i believe is the main reason like becoming the best version of yourself which you know i i think that's the goal for everybody really but we all find our own little weird ways to do it and uh descents just so happened to lead me to mine yeah yeah yeah. No doubt. I love that, man. Um, just so much valuable information there, I think, for people. And, you know, I think it's it's really it's brave of you to share that you're, you know, so passionate and believe so um, honestly and, and authentically in, in this God because... You know, I wish I could say like I, I I'm almost envious in in that in that like wow you really like you really believe it like I can tell and I'm like I'm not oh, in this kind of space where I'm just like you know not that I'm doubtful I believe in a spiritual path and I believe that mine is happening and it's positive and it's all you know in good for me and all all the things that are very tied to a Christian faith um, which I was born into but right. I but I don't I haven't like I haven't the same um, outlook as you do but i think it's amazing that you know i really celebrate someone who who feels that way about their their spiritual path because Thanks, you know man. i think it's amazing for somebody to to just be that be out there and be doing it and i think one of the reasons like you said that you've got this knowledge and this knowing of of where you're at with that now is unfor is due to that gift of that hardship you know yeah. that you went through is like it's put you through a lot and it's given you now this amazing faith and trust um, that you spoke about in your most recent post, which I thought was amazing. Oh, and, thanks, uh, man. It. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we all have our own thing. We all have our own thing. I don't know if I'll get to the point where I'm going to be, um, you know, following the Bible specifically, but I do oh, 100% continue to see myself developing and and continuing to cultivate a spiritual um, yeah. connection that, that's, with the universe it, you know with with whatever it is that's really yeah. i want to cultivate it and that's that's what i see is that's what i see your faith is about and that ultimately we share the same faith even if mine's not coming straight from a, the same book or whatever and dude for, for years i called it the, the, you know like that's that's really the overall message is find that thing that is be that is that has a divinity to it beyond mm -hmm. our bodies and, and and to me like whoever i mean i like that's beautiful what you said like i called it the universe for so long and that was beautiful like i love the book uh the alchemist have you ever read that i've had it recommended to me and i need to be on that but i have not read it yet it's just about the whole point of the book is that we can make whatever we want to make <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that yeah. we can create whatever we want to create. And, uh, and I think it's beautiful that, uh, what you just said about the universe, like it, it doesn't have to be a name. It, it could be you listening to the signs that are given to you and you making the best life for yourself out of it, whether it's walking this direction, talk to this person, uh, um, talk to your girl about this or your best friend about this, helping someone like that. that that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, 
it doesn't matter what definitions we put on it. I feel like the definitions will change over yeah. every hundred years. Yeah, doing, people you know? like we really like to get narrowed in on like what we can pick at there, but it's just like that's not really yeah. the point. It's like the point yeah. is, I want to be a positive influence, and yeah. it, it to me it kind of just kind of fundamentally comes down to like this two sided um, thing where it's like you either have there's really no reason to, to, to be good other than to choose it, you know, for yourself, yeah. you know, or to be whatever you think is, you, know, you have a certain way that you can and want to be. And it's not going to be evidence for that. It's not going to be, yeah. you know, <laughs> and if they're, True. and if you follow just like the evidence, then you're not really choosing, you know, if you're following just, um, whatever, you know, something else is telling you, um, I think it's just, I don't know. I just watched the matrix trilogy. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm thinking it's Dude, coming down to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, that one, I mean, the matrix trilogy has so much Christianity yeah. and like spiritual overtones in it. Um, and I think it's really powerful and that's just kind of the story of mankind, you know, and, yeah. and the story of life is just this constant, like need to face the unknown and face that yeah. with either love and understanding and, and acceptance or or resistance and uh fear and um those two things (laughs) and and, uh and and again there's not you can take either one either of those energies and you ultimately will take both to an extent you know like no one's going to be the divineness embodied probably at least not in the few generations coming up i don't see humans like getting to that level but yeah. maybe if we evolve to a certain degree, like who knows what's possible? Yeah, bro. Yeah, and and, and by the way, I love those movies. <laughs> Spam time. Yeah. I don't know if like something specific that that really uh, I think about a lot when I think about those movies was the in the second movie whenever he sees the oracle for the second time. Mm. Uh, I thought it was really cool uh, whenever he it was like talking about making choices. And she was like, you're not here to make a choice. You're here to understand why you made it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. That's uh, yeah, that hits home <laughs> sometimes. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're always, it's like taking a second to realize like, we're not always there sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> I, I'm like, wait, why did I send that jump? And then you get back to the bills of it. And it's like, oh, because like a lot of growth and stuff happened there. And some, you know, we're always learning lessons about ourselves. Uh, it seems like moments after the moment happens. Mm. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, we only connect the dots in hindsight as, as the Steve yeah. Jobs would say, or yeah, it's very yeah. strange. You know, I had to have like, I've had like abrupt wake up calls to like my own spirituality. Cause I was just like in the same space as you, very resistant, very like, I don't believe in anything really. Yeah. Be- believing in nothing and I, and just testing that out that's why I want to believe in something is because I've lived the other path I don't like it it didn't work for me I was very depressed I was very sad and I wasn't understanding the choices I was making you know and that's yeah. I think like why I've moved through that into a, a place of where I want to believe in, in myself even if there's no reason to and believe in, in making that choice um, but yeah, for me, it's like, I've fell into like, <laughs> you know, yeah. some walls, like I'm very hard headed. I think I read in another one of your posts that you're very hard headed and, and like, I see myself the same way. It's like, I've, I've made some ridiculous errors and I, you know, I've had to like, just be like, 
fuck, I got that tattooed on me. Like, I don't like, you know, like I've got like a tattoo, <laughs> up, like all my tattoos. I'm like, what did I, what was I thinking? You know, um, what, uh, I've heard you talk about a little bit like uh, your past and stuff like that. And, and I, I think that's awesome that you're, you're the person that you are today, man. Like you're, you're contributing to um, the parkour community in a really unique way, especially in the States. I don't see anyone putting out stuff that you are. Um, you're also a mad sender. Uh, you have a history behind you that will stick, uh, which is really awesome. Um, like that's a very special thing. Uh, people don't realize how special. Like in, in the future, like um, you know, your name will not not be uttered. <laughs> so future generations, people will say it. Um, uh, yeah, man. Uh, I did. I heard a podcast where you're talking about, you know, some of the was it drug stuff that you, you know, and. Well. and I mean, yeah, I, I was, I was filling the void for a long time as well. I'm completely yeah. unconscious of filling my void. Um, we all have our own different traumas. You know, I yeah. had like my own family upbringing and things that happened and like things that I felt, uh, victimized by, or just like, you know, that got me angry with my relationship with the universe or with God or you, with whatever you want to say. You mind going in on it? Or I mean, I don't mind. You know, I was actually thinking about doing a solo episode about talking about this and like, because I think it's really powerful for people because yeah. I needed this when I was a young kid. Yeah. And like, it's not something I, I was ever think. Actually, I knew even at a young age, I was like, one day you're going to have to tell your story about that. And I yeah. guess today's the day because Let's I, I <laughs> not that there's like a huge story, but like, you know, this is like one of the things that I've got so so in my head about and one of the things that caused me so much insecurity for years was like yeah. I used to wet my bed basically when I was a fucking little kid really? like and I went from like not wetting the bed to wetting it because like okay. of stress in the home because well I don't know what it was from but like yeah. God bless my parents they're amazing people you know and they yeah. they they have figured it out but everyone like especially me being my age now where I'm as older older than they were when they had me okay I understand like how little you know about life still and like yeah. I mean whatever I I don't I'm just saying I'm not pointing the blame at them because I sure, know that they're sure. doing their best but as a as a kid you don't know how to deal with the things that are coming at you and so like I had a lot of just fighting and anger and like just tension in the home when I was a kid yeah. and apparently that made me you know I found out later it's cuz I'm just kidding. I was about to make a joke about <laughs> I was going to say, I guess I just had like this fat dick with like too big a bladder, you know, like, I don't know. Like my, oh. my system was just too big. That's the excuse I'm going to go with from now on. Um, it's just telling people, yeah, my, I just had too big a dick for my child body, but no, it really, I just like, it was, it was just a, uh, yeah, I just, I was wet in the bed for like into my teenage years. Like I was like really just, I had this terrible secret where I was like, I can't, like I couldn't be myself with anybody. You know, yeah. I had this thing where I was like, I'm not going to tell anyone about it because yeah. it was just, that's just social ex or suicide. You know, I was never going to fit in or, or be with. So, yeah, so, so, no, but it, it makes sense, man. I mean, I remember being a kid and like, you know, oh, I got armpit sweat under my, I, I can't get rid of the armpit sweat under my shirt. And, <laughs> Dude, and I had sleepovers and shit, you know, like I'm at my friend's house, like I can't go to sleep. I'm up all night, you know, I'm fucking like, I have, to, I'm just like, I couldn't trust myself, you know, it was just, yeah. it was a really, and I just remember feeling the same way you felt where I was just like, dude, life is fucking so unfair. Like, yeah. I was just like, why is this happening to me? Like, I can't wow. just be, have a normal life. Like, what the fuck? You know, just being yeah. so upset and just being like, you know what? Fuck this. 
you know that, that really affected you like coming up like oh yeah oh yeah but well it, i mean it was it was just like my home life was just it was really weird you know i had like a lot of gifts i knew i was very lucky i was very very aware of like i'm so lucky to be who i am because yeah I just understood at a, at a young age, just the global scene for some reason. I think it's because my parents are both from different countries. My yeah. mom's from Peru. My dad is actually born in France. And like, really? Yeah. So they, awesome. they like, they had immigrated and I kind of like, for, because of just my family speaking Spanish on one side and like, just like, I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why is anyone, I always saw myself yeah. as kind of like, all right, I'm like a person on earth, but I don't know why everyone like pretends that like this nation matters more than that one. And this person matters more than this one. And I just was like very confused and just being as like, damn, you saw that as a, yeah, pretty young kid. I was just like, I don't, I like, I'm, I don't know why I'm so lucky that I get to like live this life, you know? But also I felt really unlucky because still I was like, all right, I can't complain about it because I know I'm fucking lucky. But also yeah. I saw my, my peers around me and I was like, I just assumed like their parents must be like so loving and their homes probably are so nice and like they don't have to worry about this shit and they don't have like, I don't know. I just, I, everyone feels like an outcast when they're a little kid. That was my thing. That was part Absolutely. of my, that was part of my thing was just like, I felt like I was just, a f there was something wrong with me for, for a very yeah. long time. Wow. And, and that, and that took me into like, uh, that took me into just like drugs and stuff early on because I just, I was really uncomfortable with girls, especially with women talking to girls. And like, I was really like, I really liked, I had a lot of really big crushes on girls, but I could never talk to them. I could never like, I could never tell them. I was just like, I would friend zone myself. I would just put myself like around or peripheral or I pretend I would fucking hated them or, you know, just anything but actually being vulnerable and like admitting my feelings to these women or young girls, whatever. But um, so then I would, then I got into alcohol because I was like, oh shit, like alcohol made me confident, you know, alcohol yeah. got me out of my head and made me just not give a shit about anything anymore. And it was such a relief to not be so worried. Cause I was a very anxious, like neurotic child in some ways. Wow. Because I think, um, I think it was like, and I'm not trying to brag, but like, I also had like, I had this terrible thing going on in my private life, but then I had... I was like gifted as a elementary school kid, you know, like whatever. I'm not saying I was like fucking oh, yeah, Bill yeah, Gates or whatever, some kind of genius. I'm just saying like yeah. I got put ahead in the math classes. So I felt like I was really special in some yeah. ways, but I felt like I just had this weird dynamic where I was like, all right, I'm in the fourth grade math class or the fifth grade math class at third grade, you know, hanging yeah. out with the smart kids of the fourth graders thinking like, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty hot shit. But then like, meanwhile, I'm just like super insecure. And so okay. I had this thing where I felt like all the things that I did to get love or to, for people to like me was, yeah. was external. Like everything was external. It was like, I, I knew all the right answers. That's why people liked me or I knew, wow. or I could get, um, or I could do, I don't know, things on the playground. Like I was always pretty physical. Um, okay. so I just thought like it was always about performance, you know, as a young kid, I was like, you have to be somebody to get love because wow. if you're yourself, you're fucked. And wow. yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. weird shit. And no, for a kid, that that's a lot of weight to put on yourself. I mean, that's crazy. I had, dude, I had crazy things. Like I was afraid of encephalitis for like a whole year because I watched this film called Awakenings when I was like seven years old. And <laughs> what like, is that? I don't know what that it's is. a great film. I actually want to rewatch it. It's with Robin Williams. Okay. It's about these like catatonic patients in this hospital. It's a true story, and. 
they have this brain swelling and they treat it with some kind of speed or like methamphetamine or cocaine. I don't know. They treat it. Maybe it's with a drug. They treat it with this drug and all these people that are in like these comatose state, they come out of their comatose state and they start like having lives again. They're not vegetables. They are basically vegetables. And then they have lives. And this doctor is like, Whoa. And he's chronic. He's like writing it all down. It's all true. And then like slowly over time, they keep upping the dosage to keep them like lucid, but they can't keep up with the disease and the inflammation just gets worse and worse. And all these people that were like, they have lives, they start to deteriorate again. And all one by one, they start to like go back into their vegetative states. And that movie fucked me up. Cause it's just weird. Like, because I was kind of smart at the kid age, I shouldn't have been able to understand that movie really. Yeah. But I understood it and I didn't take the right message from it, which was like, it was beautiful that these people got to get a glimpse again and reclaim their lives once more before they back into the ether. But I just was like, fuck, like that happens to people. And like, you can get a, you can get bit by an insect and just get encephalitis and that's it. Like, and that was another thing. I was just like, I was just anxious as a kid. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. Uh, how old were you at the time? Oh, I mean, just like single digit age groups. I don't remember. Like, I don't have like the best memory. I'm still pulling that together. No, but, dude, that's, but dude. like, yeah, but anyhow, so alcohol became a huge thing for me. Alcohol was really yeah. bad because I became confident. I was like, wow, I can be drunk and I don't have to care anymore. And I could actually talk to women and be myself and, and, get some of the suppression, the suppressed feelings out. You know, I was trying to be tough cause I was like, the one thing that I was gonna do is like, after a while I was like, you know what? At least they can't make me cry or they can't make me do like, you know, whatever God or whatever, the universal, I'm like, I'm just gonna fucking, at least I'm gonna have this over, over my conditions. I'm just gonna yeah. be like, I'm not gonna, fu- you can't make me upset anymore. Okay. So, but I was like stifling down some anger and stuff for that, you know, trying to be, have it together all the time. And, uh, and so it became like this ego I was kind of building, you know, of just like, I was confident and, and all this, but, but I realized that like, once you really die, once you get the confidence from the drugs, yeah, it's really dicey after that, you know, because now you're stunting your emotional growth, I think. And then what I've had to do since I've like, and I'm not saying that I have anything against drugs. I think a lot of it served me. Like I'm saying, like at least it got me out of my head once and got yeah, me absolutely. into like knowing that this state was possible for me was like a huge part of my journey to becoming all right yeah. where I am now, at now. But beautiful. But, uh, but I needed to get through it in some rough ways. Like I was not, I became kind of a shitty, you know, like you said, you're like, I'm, I was a lazy person. And it's like, I was definitely unconscious and like willingly ignoring certain things about my life in a, in a yeah. certain way. And I was trying to fill it with alcohol and, and sex and drugs. And, you know, yeah. you know, I got, there was like, there was like porn in the household too early in my life. You know, my dad yeah. had a subscription to playboy and shit and I found that shit way too early. So then really? I had like this fascination wow. with women, like that was unhealthy, I think long term. Yeah. And there was like just a whole bunch of things where I was just like, you know, now unpacking it, I'm like, oh, I can see how that kind of fucked me up for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, man. But, like uh, we, we we don't realize the 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 things that take effect in our lives that we don't even realize are taking effect until sometimes way later, and we're like, whoa, like, you know, I can't believe I felt that way at that age here, and now I'm reflecting on it and want to make a 
a change here. But the, the important part is, is that you did, you know, you, you notice those things and, and can actually push forward with them. A lot of people, I mean, it's, it's hard for people too, man. A lot of people oh, can't. it's so hard. Uh, yeah, it's and so I, hard. And I feel bad for the people that can't, and I hope that they do in time kind of start. And I think parkour may have been your, your dude, that sounds like, it sounds like parkour was your gateway. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, because parkour got me out of the drugs. Really? In a way, okay, so like, now- it got me into certain things, but that, <laughs> you know, but it's all, but like, yeah. also it's like, it got yeah. me out of alcohol. Alcohol okay. served for, it's for a very long time, and I was very much enjoying, and I, and, and that's not to like say that I didn't have great times. I had a lot of fun throughout all those years. I had a lot of fun partying, and I'm not saying I won't ever do it again, Yeah. you know, but I learned a lot from experimenting with all kinds of drugs, including alcohol, and, but when parkour came into my life, I finally felt like, you know, this is one of the beautiful things about the parkour community or any community that's young and that kind of like doesn't have that judgmental feel that, you know, you feel from society. And also I was finally emerging into my own whatever. I came into a place where I was like, I can feel like I can kind of be myself finally, or at least I don't have any pressures. I was out of college. I didn't have to like, I was independent. I didn't have any, I didn't have any responsibility to my parents to like be certain way, you know, or um, you know, I felt like independent at 18 or whatever, even though <laughs> after, cool yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so that I got to like really define and experiment and be like where I wanted to be and just like, just be what I wanted, you know? And that's like, that was so valuable to me for parkour to give me that space to be like, people are just going to let me kind of do my thing here. This is great. And, yeah. um, and that gave me a reason to not drink because I was like, I really was getting so much benefit and like so much happiness and a little bit of the validation and filling the hole in the stuff and the intention that I didn't get from my parents or whatever, um, yeah. also came from parkour as I was getting okay. into it, you know? And so I was still feeding an addictive habit, but at least it was like making me really conscious about my diet and training habits and my body and becoming like way better. It was better. It was a better addictive habit than alcohol. And there was all these other great benefits. Nice. Oh, I've seen you got the shreds. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, you know, and then I found weed and I got a little bit of an unhealthy relationship with that through parkour because it's very prevalent in the community and there's nothing wrong with weed. Um, but I, I used it and abused it again to, again, it's, it'll teach you things. And then, you have to be careful. I, I want to be careful at least where I'm not learning anything anymore. I have to drop it. I have to drop that for my life. You know, if it's not getting me information that I need or wisdom that I need, it's got to go. And so you don't, or, or, or um, I'm not against it. And I'm not, I just, right now I'm learning way more from sobriety than I would learn through, through drugs and alcohol. That's and beautiful, once I yeah. learn more from experimenting again, I'll start experimenting again. But for me, it's like I've spent so much time out of out of like a long extended stream of so- sober consciousness that yeah. like the longer I keep this going right now, the more I'm interested in it. And that's just like oh. where I'm at. Um, no, but that's, that's not to say that like anyone, you know, no judgment if that's your if that's what you're doing. I would say that I don't recommend it for people that feel like they're filling a hole. If they're trying to like gain confidence that they didn't have, you're, you're yeah. going to face that battle when you get to the end of the road, or you're just going to be stuck always needing alcohol or drugs to, to make you feel the way you want to feel, which that's up to you. Just be conscious of that choice. Yeah. But, um, no, I definitely, I was heavy on the, on the smoking weed game too. And uh, that's something I dropped for the very same reason. I was like, okay, this is not, benefiting me i'm overeating all the time um i'm 
you know, I, I did a couple of descents while I was high and that did not feel good. And that was probably the, you know, and I'm admitting this out loud. That sounds horrible now that I'm saying it, but yeah, I don't. <laughs> um, and yeah, so after that, uh, processing later, I was like, okay, this needs to stop. Uh, I'm not the, the positivity that's coming from it is little to none. Mm. And everything that I'm doing while on it is awesome. So I need to just focus on those awesome things and just kind of let it go for a while. Yeah. Um, but I'm again, I'm not against it. And anyone who does do it, awesome. Have a good time. Be safe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. no, I love getting high with 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 people in the right setting in the right time. I mean, I I don't think that'll go away. But I just yeah, uh, yeah I guess got I got bigger fish to fry right now than that. But uh, so what? Brandon do or, or keep going. Sorry. No, no, Sorry you're good. You're that. good. What were you going to say? I was going to say, what, what is Brandon doing now? What, what do you do? Um, well, what, what is your well, day like? What, what is, you well, know, right now I'm, uh, it's, I'm in quarantine. Okay. So who, you know, this there is, this is my day. I'm like really happy to be back in to, into getting this podcast reignited because, yeah. you know, we're all on this path. Like, I think we're all getting through these certain like things that you talked about already. And, you know, in some ways I, you know, I look to people like you that are, I think in some ways further along this path and that can give me some guidance, you know, because of the things you've gone through. I think we can all help each other get the guidance, you know? And, and I think for me, it's just like re I had to take a lot of stillness. I had to take a breath from parkour. Like you took that giant two year break or whatever it was, you know, I needed some space from these things. Like again, cause parkour was an addictive habit for me in a, in a, in a way I could, I could see that. I could see that I was using it to distract myself from the truth of where I was feeling. So yeah. for me these days I'm working at a biological medicine center here in Denver and I'm learning a lot about the human system basically which again like i think this has been a you know i'm still self-discovering a lot you know that's where i'm at and i'm really passionate about just like i'm realizing like who i am a little bit more concretely and and clear clear with more clarity than i than i used to but i've had to like again i see it as i'm having to undo a lot of the unconscious decisions still you know and i think that's just where i'm at and i'm not i don't resent it um but you know for you you had this one moment it sounds like at the top of the parking garage and you know it was a little bit more of like a here's there there's the turn for me yeah. you know i'm not saying that i'm going to land with the bible i'm just saying i'm going to i'm i know that there's like there's things i'm like all right i'm basically worked through it but i'm still very curious about where i'm going to take this in this mission you know i'm still honing yeah. in that mission and i think this platform is like ultimately for me to help people like you have a voice or or bigger voice or amplify your voice. Um, you already have one, you know, and I don't, and I really like just talking to people. I'm just realizing that I just, I enjoy doing this, you know, it was just like parkour. Like I, I used to, I came, I started to think I had to do it. I have to put out certain episodes. I have to challenge. I have to push myself, but now I'm coming at it just like, cause I want to, and I just enjoy it. And I want to, I'm like, I should just talk to the people I want to talk to, have some, have some fun. Um, that's share. how you know it's right. Huh? That's how you know it's right. Exactly. And what you should it should always feel like uh, the first time you got into parkour. You know, like it's, that. That's a you know to me that's a beautiful thing. Like to look at is parkour happens. Like I love what you said earlier, right? Like you said, uh, um, whenever parkour came into my life, like you said that so nonchalantly, but that's like <laughs> I think that's the most important thing that has been said in this whole podcast. You're just like 
Let's party. You know, but uh, no, seriously though, it's, it, it literally walked into your life. It, it, you turned around and it was like, Hey, what's up, man? I'm about to take care of you for a while. Let, let's start learning together. Yeah. And, and you know, the podcast seems to have reentered your life in that manner. And I think that's the healthiest relationship you can have with it rather than being like, I need to get this person on this person on this person on. You're like, no, I'm going to look online. I'm going to reach out to someone I feel like talking to. <laughs> it's going to be a beautiful time. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Thanks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. It's it's really great. Yeah, I've kind of like reopened my world back up. And um I've I realized that like for me doing the roof gap at Nordy was scary, yeah. but I was scared of so much bigger shit in my world than than falling to my death in in, in an accident in parkour. You know, yeah. I was scared of being seen and talking about, you know, pissing the bed as a little kid when I was growing up. And I was scared of uh you know, just even having this conversation with, with, uh, with the, with, you know, p- potential people watching, you know, it's certain things yeah. like I'm still trying to follow my fears and conquer yeah. them. And yeah, I just realized good. like, Oh, I was afraid of being sober for, for months at a time, apparently, because you know, that's my hard work to do. And yeah. I'm like all about just growing and trying to figure out, um, yeah. where this thing is taking me next. So I love that it doesn't have to be about making it happen you know it's just like I'm, I'm really enjoying the and it's surprising you know this covid thing it's like it brought it out of me it, it i think that's one of the gifts about the whole quarantine or whatever the, the, the idea <laughs> of just like it's like all right we all get to like kind of feel what's more important to us right now than and the fact that i want to do this it just like yeah. It makes it even more obvious to me like this is what I like to do. I don't I don't <laughs> I don't have to understand it yet. Yeah. I will, but this is what I want to do with my time. And, and that dude, that's so special. Like uh, you know, to reflect on uh something about like my dad was uh I felt a heavy responsibility to do descents whenever I came home to or not even just descents, but put my life on like push myself to its, its maximal potential. Uh, and in this case with heights uh, and pushing my body in that direction because with ALS you lose like all the muscle in your body like very yeah. Stephen said the same thing so mm-hmm. you know getting to see my dad like uh, not be able to perform I felt this heavy weight on my shoulders to perform as hard as possible and in a in the nicest way possible uh, whenever I did discover my belief in God and my faith I was able to actually let that go mm-hmm. um, which is very relieving like uh, every day felt like if I didn't push myself very, very hard, um, or do a higher descent, I, I was almost letting him down in a sense. And, and now it's, it's, that's just not existent anymore. You know, like, like finding myself, uh, letting things come into my life rather than just force, 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 uh, and putting a huge meaning on it all. Now it's just a beautiful thing that, um, I do whenever my heart's feeling it. And then, you know, uh, uh I figured out through doing descents too. I love filming. Filming's fun. Uh, I didn't, <laughs> like filming stuff before it was just for the Instagram angle, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was all about that angle. But oh, yeah, man, man it, it all gets to a good place. And I do, uh, I, I have a couple more questions for you. If you're cool. Yeah, I absolutely. Get- Let's keep it going, dude. I'm having a blast here. Cool, man. Uh, okay. So, uh, when it, who is your favorite three top parkour athletes? Like they don't have to be the best. They don't have to be the best now. Just top three that you'll never forget. Oh, Special man. place. Top park. three parkour athletes. Oh my God, yeah. dude. Uh, I don't know who I, I, I'm just going to go off the top. 
Yeah, yeah, this kind of question, I I mean, I can come back at you with a better refined list maybe one day, but I'm going to go with Dylan's never going to be, you know, I'm going with the ones that are kind of personal to me. Um, Dylan's going to be the, the, and in that list, because, you know, I just see him as a great teacher and mentor, um, and, and Walker of this interesting, you know, spiritual path in some ways, um, and trying to bring bigger perspectives to my life. But then, uh, Kai comes to mind. I mean, I don't know why, but I love Kai, you know, shout out Kai, the boy, uh, Just because I like to think of him as like um, one of the few people that I can really relate to. He's kind of he's the same age as me. And he's, um, you know, I just know that when he's out there doing things, I just know like there's a brother outside, like out out in the world that is uh, kind of this British British mirror of 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 brother that I have out here in, in America, you know? And it just helps me just get reminded of uh who's who's um who's out there in the world and, and how we're all kinda of going through the same things. But wow. you know, he's just doing so much stuff too with, with his side projects. Um I yeah. just I and he's I don't know, I just really like how he approaches life and he's very conscious and very matter of fact, but I think he's very um just admirable in the way he carries himself yeah, um, beautiful dude yeah when he's and he provides you know that for his community which is really cool too i think he's helped a lot of people figure some certain things out and the that last awesome. but not least here we go <laughs> i don't know man i mean i like i'll go david bell bro i mean because he was the og you know i don't know i i think okay. like i don't like to think about these things I like to just think about, you know, yeah. I like to think about everyone playing their own equal and in an amazing role, not just in parkour, yeah. but in the world. Cause you know, your story and what, 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 what you've shared with me on this podcast already today just reminds me just like how, um, how much bigger someone's life is than, than the world of parkour yeah. and like the things that they've gone through that got them interested in parkour and that influenced their training style are so much more interesting to me um, than just the singular moves they end up doing, you know, oh, or inventing or, uh, you know, you know, there can be really, really powerful innovators in the sport like Pasha. And I know yeah. his story is amazing because you don't come from Latvia, probably from nothing and end up, yeah, you know, yeah. doing flips um, on the Santa Monica, you know, yeah, gym fitness and like becoming like the world's first million digit, you know, followed Instagram parkour Crazy. athlete but but i don't know his story so for me i'm always just like i just want to hear the next story for for all these guys and girls out that's, here that's amazing yeah it is dude i i think it takes some time uh to figure that out i think everyone kind of and start seeing people's stories as the important part and the training is the connecting part it's uh, you're at a jam and you're like, oh, you did that. Okay, I, I want to hit this challenge with you. Then at the end, whenever you're all eating at night or talking at night or smoking at night, that, that <laughs> happens at you a lot. You start connecting with that person and, and laughing with them and realizing, man, like, no wonder we're all coming together. We're all pretty similar uh, <laughs> and have, you know, have, we, it, I find that a lot of parkour athletes have a heavy story. Mm. And, uh, and I've done quite a few sports growing up and a lot of it, a lot of sports that I notice are very camaraderie based, you know, you, you learn and you grow with someone, but 
parkour is such a heavy like everyone's an artist like everybody is an artist in the parkour community like everyone i've met there's something that even if they don't know they're an artist they they talk like they're an artist they 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 you know they 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 talk as if they they know exactly why they're they're at where they're at <laughs> that's just <laughs> thing to me yeah, yeah. And, and to me, that's a beautiful thing. Like, I, I, I can't. A lot of people, I'm sure you get asked, like, oh, how do you get into parkour? And, and to me, I find that you always hear the same things like, oh, I got into like heavy jumps or I got into wanting to jump across things and push my fears and that and that and that. But I think you're right. The story is what guided us to want to push our fears. And that, that's really important. Um, yeah. 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 Or, or free. Yeah. Because we all like felt constricted i feel like yeah and we all were like seeking a certain amount of control and a certain amount of freedom in our lives or not all of us but a lot of us you know and that's one of the reasons why why we push it that far like you said it's like you gain so much more sense of control of your own existence and life and empowerment by doing something that no one else would want to do, but you are choosing to do because you know that it's possible and you know, you can get yourself there. That shit is, is super important, you know? And it certainly got me again, like past a certain stage of my life that I needed, I needed help. You know, I needed something to get me out of it, you know? (laughs) And now, you know, now I'm so pumped because I'm like, okay, what happens when you don't need it? but you still are doing it, you know, what, where does that go? And a lot of people, that's where they start with parkour. So, you know, that's a beautiful thing for them too. Um, and some people, I don't, you know, everyone's journey is so unique, but yeah, I love that, that training is, I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know what's still like, and we'll, we'll see with parkour and these athletes that have this artistry. It's so, it's so true. You know, there's certain amounts of artistry that's just like, people are looking to express themselves and yeah well parkour is like think about you know not to or yeah to double down on what you said like parkour walked into your life that means that there's a physical realization of parkour like it's not this like it's not a book that you read like it, it has a life of its own so it's always nice because and i think that's the beautiful thing about the community is there's always someone coming in like i remember uh 2016 at the international like nate weston made his debut Mm. And, and he did it with style. I don't mean like the style comp. He did it with, with flair. Yeah. Like, yeah. Beautiful. And that was like parkour. That was like a realization. I remember everyone there that night, like they couldn't handle what was <laughs> happening. It was like a, a sunset. It was a beautiful sunset that we were all watching. And yeah. at the end, one, and it was just, yeah, I, I just, and, and I don't even know if he, recognizes that but it was a beautiful realization for everybody that night mm-hmm. or uh whenever nahulu took dk to a sudden death <laughs> like how like that was beautiful and uh yeah shout out to nahulu he's he's the man I oh love yeah that kid. oh yeah yeah he really is the sh- man dude yeah yeah, yeah that, it's fun to you that you bring yeah those those nights are so crazy because like you yeah. said like they're so beautiful and like now even looking back on it it's like that's why that's why I've chosen to to take a different approach to my life is because I am so much more aware I think of what's happening around me when I start yeah. participating in that way and I'm not I'm so happy to be not forcing it you know and trying to make my own vision happen in a certain certain perfect way when it's already yeah. going to be perfect. Um, 
But but anyhow. Do you think you'll compete again with your new mindset, or do you think? No, I don't think like. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, it, it's been. It's not. It's not a, uh, a an avenue that I'm like interested in so much anymore. We'll see. But you know, I feel like I I chose back in 2015. I was like, all right, this is really hard on your body. I like doing yeah. things that are hard on my body, but I don't like doing them for a medal anymore or for yeah. or for even the experience of being in a competition. I'm like, I've experienced this enough and that's why I'd rather apply myself uh, with, you know, that's, you know, I was really, I was like, I wanna make videos. I wanna make Merm a thing. You know, yeah. I wanted to, yeah. to make that brand happen. And so Merm. then. What was Merm? That's a clothing brand that you and Dylan made, right? And Knox. And Knox. Yeah. Who thought of that? It was collaborative kind of effort. Um, yeah, it was all three of us. I've seen the shorts around. <laughs> the <laughs> shorts, the shorts are legendary. One day, we, we, I get a lot of requests still to bring those back. We'll see what happens. Uh, what, uh, what happened there? Why, why did Merm stop? What is there? I think that there is just certain like, again, there's just certain things to this world that you just don't have control over. And, yeah. and to say that it stopped is, is also, I don't know if that's accurate, but it is like, yeah, it, it's not, it's never going to be what it was. It's kind of like this COVID thing. It's like, all right, some things changed, some things that we didn't anticipate and things that we don't like have control over. They changed the course of our lives and yeah. they're not really ever going to be the same. Yeah. Um, and it's okay to, for for me to you know, I shouldn't really want that. For a while, I was trying to hold on to it. For a while, I was like, I want to make it be be what it was, but it was just not that way. And yeah. uh, I would just say that, like Knox, Dylan, and myself had this beautiful era, and beautiful. our friendships, yeah. our friendships remain intact, and that's the most important thing. Um, awesome. The brand, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, I don't know what it'll, if it'll ever have any. Uh, <laughs> Thing, yeah. But like, I didn't want to continue on with it not making sense. You know, our lives all seem to be going in different directions and, but you know, whatever, it's all good. Like, I, I, I didn't mean, to, I didn't mean to say stop. I, I, no, no, no. I know probably very, it did stop. I mean, I burned my merm shorts at burning man because that was like something I needed to do, like, uh, to get over wow. certain things. You know, I was just like, all right, I need to let this go. Like I did some, <laughs> some, uh, spiritual practices in that regard with with the dude, full merm thing that's beautiful that i dude wow <laughs> i would have never known that that's yeah. awesome <laughs> um wow. yeah like yeah i mean again drugs are not whatever like burning man and that thing like that was another experience that was pretty powerful for me and transformative and that kind of also brought me back into into touch with who i want to be and where i want to take my life and it's kind of like why i'm i'm happy to be doing what i'm doing now but yeah and I'd love to hear more about the, the Merm stuff too in the future when we hang because uh, I missed that whole era. I found you guys shortly after. <laughs> it, like, yeah, I, I missed a lot of your guys's, what was the, seemed like the highlight in the parkour community at least. I'd always heard about you guys and then I found all these videos and I was like, whoa. Like <laughs> these guys were pushing like, I'm about 40% of the way there physically 
of what they're doing and they were doing it three years ago and I was like what like <laughs> how did I not see this <laughs> that's um, the yeah, beauty just, of the game it's, it's also the yeah. tragedy of the game but it's also the beautiful thing is just like it's so impermanent and yeah. that's why it's yeah. so beautiful like to just kind of be like you know what it was what it was yeah. and uh, it's so cool that it happened at all you know it's just so yeah. amazing that it happened at all and that we were able to keep it together for as long as we did because it can be so easy to, for, for it to yeah. disappear even without ever getting started and yeah. and uh, and that's why it's even more amazing to see other teams that are just still just like t- for it for it to be still happening 10 years later for store is just like, wow, how incredible is that? Because those guys have, have such a tight bond, you know? Yeah. And no, uh, it, it, it's crazy, man. Like, uh, with, uh, the spyglass stuff, the, oh, yeah. uh, the goal is the goal between Jared and I has always been a passion project for 10 years. Like we're <laughs> seven, we always say seven to 10 years, like just come out with cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, present parkour in a way that we think looks really cool. Uh, don't expect to make a living off of it, uh, and just—it's more of a filter, like a uh, a way to um, express ourselves. Uh, and it gives us free clothing to wear. Yeah, dude, <laughs> so that's, that's what's cool. up, right? <laughs> it's kind of yeah, nice. So Always throwing on that shirt, and uh, it's actually uh, the spyglass came from a. Uh, have you ever seen a series of unfortunate events? I no, yeah. I don't think I have, but. Uh, these Please three kids, their their parents pass away, and uh, uh, their house burns down, and then they're orphans, and they have to go and live with all these different relatives, and they have this like great uncle that's like trying to kill them to get the the fortune that their parents had before. Wow! Uh, and, and the the symbol in that, uh, not the symbol, but one of the like items in that. Uh, there's a secret society in it, and the item that they use to hold, saying that they're in it, is a spyglass. So that's uh, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where that came from. That's tight. Uh, yeah, just keeping it simple. Yeah, that is to, tight, dude. Yeah, no, I love that. If that's what you, man. yeah, dude, I love the origin stories of these things. Um, if you, yeah, if how, you were asking more specifically for the origins for Myrm, like Myrmidons were these ancient Greek warriors. Really? That okay. were like, that's, you know, <laughs> you've heard of the legend of Achilles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like Achilles is the the leader of the Myrmidon. And really? like all of his like warriors are the Myrmidons. And, wow. and I think, I don't know if he's a one or not, but he's like the leader of the Myrmidons. And they were like these, they were like the most elite warriors of their time. And they were kind of like mercenaries. They weren't really allegiant to anyone except the leader in Achilles. Um, so they weren't allegiant to any nation. And we just like the story of that. And we like that, you know, Myr- Myrmidon, Myrm actually, it means like, I think it means uh, like a really shitty translation is like, um, ants ant men or like men of i don't know like men made from ants i think is like the 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 legend goes is like they like whatever zeus or somebody like made the the myrmidons out of ants because ants by like strength to weight ratio are just crazy strong yeah and so man (laughs) i didn't i dude i i could have just googled myrmidon and found some stuff that's yeah you could have i mean that's pretty much what we did (laughs) but but uh but yeah, no, it's really cool like to to take on a little bit of an alter ego and a persona and build a team like that and and build some did, some brotherhood around it. Did you feel and like um, could you feel the power whenever you were wearing one of those shirts though? Because of how much time went into like whenever you were sending jumps, did, did you feel the power of what you were wearing? Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Oh man, it's like. <laughs> 
yeah, like that was like such a crazy, amazing time. And it's like, I almost don't appreciate it enough or didn't at the time because you don't realize how rare that is until sometimes it's gone away, you know, Yeah. which is, again, that's the gift of it going away is at least now I know how yeah. amazing that was. But it's, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, dude. Like I still, I mean, I framed my, my merm shirt here and I've, I've like, yeah. I'm keeping yeah. other yeah. things like pristine because I'm just like, I don't ever want to like tar tr trash it anymore, but it's, uh. yeah, dude, that stuff, there's certain energy when you're building something that you really believe in. When you I was like a hundred percent so focused and, and, and just energized by the whole idea of that brand and what we were doing that I still look at some of the shit I did during that time. And I'm like, dude, how? Like, yeah. how did I put all that together? How did I like stay up all night with Knox sewing tags on shirts? Like with our, oh. like we learned how to sew just because we were like, we got to get these tags on. Like, and that, yeah. and that's the amazing part is like, that was the shit. That's the shit that I really remember. And that's yeah. the stuff that I really love is like the miserable moments where we're like, oh, my thumbs are exhausted. My thumbs hurt from pinning yeah. tags on shirts. But that's <laughs> like one of my favorite memories. And like, some of that, like some of the anger and stuff, like we filmed that documentary. I don't know if you saw on our channel, the what happened yeah. documentary. Yeah, yeah, what happened. And yeah, it's yeah. like, that was, that day, was right? agony to complete. Cause it was such a big project at times. Yeah. I was just like, fuck this. But like, you know what I mean? Like, oh man, like we, I'd never really fought like me and Dylan fought a few times on that tour. Like we don't, I'm not a very conflict oriented person, but like, yeah. we got in some fights and shit and like we got some like you know yeah. test our relationships in, in certain new ways but that's the shit that like ultimately brings you closer together and just like ultimately was so worth it was that challenge and so but dude yeah it's just and that's that's like where i'm that's why i'm so happy to to kind of be on the other side of that know how rare it is have the greater perspective because as I'm getting back into the podcast and other things in my life i can just yeah. appreciate it and live it now with more gratitude and more just like just like realizing like how special it is when i have those feelings again and just like really really enjoying them whereas well, before I, yeah go ahead oh no i i think what's so special about that uh too like i don't get this i don't hear this talked about as much but it's really special in my heart is and, and not that i i want to separate the world or anything but i always look at the u.s parkour community i always do that mm. uh, and so i think that's really special that you guys had that in the u.s specifically colorado that's also crazy like uh <laughs> how like how did it all line up to that um and, and you know i've been told before by a couple of friends maybe don't separate it like that but you know i'm, I'm saying it out loud there, there's something i i'm very fond of the u.s parkour community it's like a little baby and like uh everything that's happening i, I i'm very fortunate to be able to come up in this time and see all those things just kind of happening um so whenever I did find your guys' stuff, I went back and spammed everything because I was like, man, like it's, it's like a history book. Like if you get on YouTube and you look up certain things, like uh, you know, even the old Apex like show reel. Oh yeah. Where all y'all, you're you weren't you weren't in that, were you? That was like that was right. before. That was that was a year before I was on the team. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So like I, I remember that, and then I remember seeing all the Merm stuff too. Uh, definitely the 2014 Dylan Baker video that was a very interesting one that that's just stuck in my head uh um max henry videos that's yeah. you know those are very special to me too um yeah you guys and max henry man and and, and nick ortiz the things that he was uploading in 2017 2018 on youtube um stuff like that those are the things that stick with me for sure i love watching the videos in the uk i love watching andy wool 
with the uh, um, uh, Ashigaru and, and and all that. But there's something about the U.S. parkour community that is really special to me. It, it's even if things don't blow up, it's like oh, like I'll be a part of that as it's passing through. Yeah, I, I, so get you. Really- I get you. I get you. Hundred percent. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, U.S. parkour like does have its own. Like, ultimately, yeah, we're all in it together, literally, right now. That's the big phrase. But it's yeah. also just like you can only represent a certain amount, or you are representing sometimes a certain locality or regionality, or or you know, you're getting to participate in like what does it look like here you know in your local community or whatever your community is and the architecture is different and everything is different about it the culture is different and um yeah and that's true to any sport like i love those i'm fascinated with it in parkour i'm fascinated with it in boxing and mma and everything else because because the u.s is so strange in that it has so much shit happening all at once that no one cares about anything and it's really hard for for you to build momentum in this in this country for anything you know Whereas a fighter in the UK, and I'm not saying it's easier, I'm just saying that a fighter in the UK, like a Conor McGregor or a Michael Bisbing yeah. or Anthony Joshua or like some of these people that are really famous fighters, because I love to look to fighters because I think they're, they're probably, you know, at least maybe, maybe as equal or probably harder than parkour athletes, you know, in terms of like the yeah. amounts. I would say that like parkour athletes are of the same mindset as a martial artist. A lot of us, right. especially the people that push to the very limit um, or that yeah. really pioneer things. But I think that, you know, we can look to the, the our brothers in combat sports as like examples of like where and how hard can any of us push it. And ancestors and sisters yeah. in combat sports, like some of the women in, in MMA are like most inspiring. But I was going to say is like they a lot of those nations really get behind their their athletes you know yeah. in certain sports or they really become fans of like certain things and in in the United States there's just you know the world's already oversaturated but I know that in the United States even though there's the most opportunity to make to make something original and make something like you know your life here you know people come people come from all over you know Anthony Joshua and Conor McGregor and a lot of these people they come to America often to make their fortune or make their name or because there's a lot of opportunity here but they get the backing of their nation they get the backing of their community and and there's something about the way the U.S. is laid out and the culture here and how much of a melting pot it is that yeah. it really is harder to gain traction sometimes. And um, and that's one of the reasons yeah. why it is so amazing and so beautiful when you can find, you know, a certain bits of culture that come through that, that have staying yeah. power and that last and, and why I have so, res- so much respect for any of the facilities or athletes that have been in the game for a very long time in the United States because... You know, it's hard yeah. anywhere, but it's hard here too. Very hard. Yeah, dude, absolutely. And, and also with just industry based, right? So like with uh, uh, my my girlfriend, she's a rock climber, okay. um, and she she does a, a lot of rock climbing. She every day that's become like her life, and uh, she's really good at it. And, and she got me looking into more more rock climbers. And and so it's funny with parkour, right? Like you just said, you get so into to fighting. And I heard you in the podcast talk about fighting. Like I know you're in. <laughs> I love and, uh, me some fights, baby. Yo, they're gonna put on UFC 248 or 249, whatever. And this Saturday or next Saturday. Are you serious? They're putting it's it actually- on during COVID because okay. that's the fighter okay. mentality. And I actually wow. respect it, even though I know it's maybe not the. We we don't need to go into that. But anyhow, what you were saying? No, was, no, yeah. Right. 
yeah, she got me into to looking into climbers and, and stuff like that. Just by her climbing, it got me naturally inter- interested. And uh, so uh, definitely to, you know, a huge fan of the, the film Free Solo. I'm sure you've seen that. Dude, um, yeah. That, that was a big motivation to keep pushing the sense and, and coining them as projects instead and, and not rushing them because I was like, I also don't want to die. So <laughs> yeah. it's a good time, a good time and to take a few months if I need to. And uh, um, on a side note, though, who do you think is going to win with, with, with your experience with, of watching fights? Uh, between who and who? Uh, Khabib and Tony. Tony, well, that Ferguson? fight's off. That fight's off, actually. Tony's going to fight really? Justin Gaethje now. What? Yeah, because what? Khabib can't leave Russia because of COVID, and okay, and so basically they have to throw it with uh, domestic fighters. Um, yeah. It's still an amazing card. Look into it, but I think the boogeyman, Tony Ferguson, El Kukui, yeah, will take the He's- the fight and uh, and TKO Justin Gaethje. Um, although Justin is, cr- it's going to be chaos. That'll be a really cool fight. But Who but do you think if would win? but if 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 dude, the Tony Khabib fight. I mean, you don't probably, you, I don't know how well you follow it, but this nah. fight has been scheduled f- five times and canceled five times over the last like 60 years or whatever. Really? It's like cursed. Like every okay. time it gets scheduled, someone misses weight or someone gets injured. And it's like the most anticipated fight in the history, not just of the lightweight division, but maybe the entirety of like the UFC. Probably like it's just so highly anticipated. Khabib's completely undefeated. Tony's been undefeated for so long that it might as well just be like he's undefeated forever. They're both yeah. like so incredible, and we're just like, you don't want you want it to happen so much this year because it needs to while they're still both in their prime. Yeah, because um, that's another thing that actually I think is really important and interesting about parkour and the, that we share with the martial artists is that yeah. we have a window to compete in. And not just compete, but just contribute to the athletic or yeah peak um, performance peak performance of of our of our lives, you know. And we don't know what that window even is yet with parkour. We don't even have it like narrowed down because it's so broad too. Like we, you know, I've got my eye on a challenge that speaking of free solo, um, that I won't really talk too much about. But I have mentioned, you know, like climbing is climbing is like a you know a thing that we can still do way later in life and that's part of parkour and like there's a big building here in denver that i'm like it's possible to climb i already know i can do it it's a matter of doing the process and seeing if it wants to be um if if it's accessible to me you know okay but like i'm excited to see that but just that window that short window it's like i think that's really crazy that you know we just we only have a certain amount of time to yeah to really push ourselves and we have we can extend that through really sustainable training and we can extend that through really um just changing the way we we contribute to be more creative and less like power power foot based but uh you know i haven't uh, seen much fight you'll find the special but i i don't watch a lot of fighting i've seen like the big fights like the connor fights or could be mm-hmm. with con stuff like that mayweather and connor I, i've seen those but like you seem so like you know the details like uh <laughs> i just know the picture yeah like uh something with descents though that was really cool was uh oh, I oh sorry i didn't even answer your question but i didn't i will say that oh, i yeah, think <laughs> i think it's impossible to know i like i yeah. it's like i, I would say it, like that one is so up in the air that's why it's so highly anticipated like this it'd be easy to make the argument that khabib just holds him down the whole time it'd yeah. be 
I think Tony though. I would put my money on Tony just because I like him as like a fun, funner bet. And yeah. I think because he's so weird and and unorthodox, I like somebody who has yeah. like, you don't know how he's gonna win. Exactly, yeah. he could win well, a number we'll of ways. Or but, yeah. you know, he'd probably slice him up with elbows or whatever and get a TKO with a yeah. cut. But anyhow, I just like. I know, it. I've seen a couple of his fights and and uh, he reminds me of a parkour athlete out of any fighter oh he, yeah like i've seen him do weird roles to get out of certain situations he's I've seen such he, a strange he, person and like yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, amazing you know what's gonna happen yeah he puts you on the ground and he puts his weight on you and you have to hold his weight and then once you're tired he makes you he makes you tired i've seen that in every fight i've seen one though i saw a fight where he like elbowed a guy's face yeah first so long and they had to pull him off of him i was like how many elbows is he gonna get to this guy's face before they, they pull well, him? He I can, I mean, he can really develop his striking style because he's style. he's just yeah. so he's so miles ahead on in grappling. He probably doesn't have to focus on it that much, even though it True. is his number one weapon. So you never yeah. know. That's one of the reasons why he landed that amazing shot against Connor is because he's just not threatened at all by anyone else's right. grappling. But yeah. anyway, we don't need to talk about. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the UFC. Yeah, Wait, what were, uh, no, what were the, you going to uh, say about the descent? Oh yeah, so I found this book. Uh, my best friend, uh, Juan, he gave me this book called The Warrior Within by John Little. Mm. And uh, John Little gathered all of Bruce Lee's writings through his whole life oh, and, wow. and put it into this big book. And was it? And there was so much writing that he was able to separate it into, into chapters. Like Bruce Lee practically wrote a book uh, covering different topics that he found important, whether it was love, uh, ego, um, uh, defeating adversity. Uh, so I remember part six, chapter two, uh, was defeating adversity mm. and I would listen to it on repeat while I was training descents from the second to first level. And, uh, and it was, it was so important. Uh, Bruce Lee would talk, I mean, he just had such a fighter mindset towards everything and how to bend and how to, you know, uh, uh, treat yourself like a willow tree instead of like a pine and be able to handle the snowfall. And uh, oh, a big thing we wow. talked about was um, ridding your ego completely and, and being able to uh, approach something with such a calm mindset. And, and something that I have a hard time with is, and is my heart rate gets so high if something scares me. And it's like a cliche thing, like, like some people they're like, oh I'm so scared, but their body is actually reacting just fine. I actually get sweaty, which is really bad for descents. <laughs> I get heart rate goes up i feel horrible if i'm too scared and uh so that that book always calmed me down just listening to his words and, and how uh he was able to process certain things whenever he was a kid uh, really cool book check that out warrior, warrior within. Within. hell yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna write that down yeah. I'm like that. I'll, I'll yeah for cool. sure um another athlete that i was gonna bring up too that really changed my training um uh, was max henry yeah, that dude. Uh, that dude changed my training heavy back in the day. I looked at parkour in such a weird—not weird. I looked at it in a natural way of like, okay, you hit flips. I was heavy into acro when I first started, uh, mm. so I did like I, I would do corks, like tumbling passes, front flips, wall flips. I was always into that whole line style based of training. And uh, I met Max in New York, and that changed completely. I wow. almost completely wow. let go of acro. Wow, because uh, I him doing jumps and i was like that's really cool <laughs> i want to be able to jump really far yeah uh, yeah for sure and i've only got to train with him a handful of times but yeah he's a he's a really special part of the parkour community uh at, at least to 
I think us older guys for oh, sure. Oh my God. Yeah. He changed my training too in so many ways. And I'm so glad that he moved out here. We're I'm fucking so hey. lucky. I'm so there lucky you. Max moved out here. He's he amazing to train guy. with. He yeah. never what when I remember when I first met Max, I think I was also in New York. He he came out here a few times and visited, but I wasn't really like I was yeah. still like whatever in my own bubble in some ways. But I remember I when I met him in New York. I was just blown away about how good, because you know we talked about earlier, way earlier, about someone who had to figure it out. Yes. Really had to figure it out. Max yeah. is that person. He's really? not gifted like you would think he is. And I'm not okay. trying to, that's not an insult. That is actually the biggest praise you could ever give him because yeah. I've seen videos of him when he was younger training. And I've seen, and he needs to post that if he hasn't already. I think he probably has, but there's some fucking hilarious footage of him out there. But also, just like seeing what effort went into like him and his the way he figured things out and became so sustainable it's like he is so incredible and disciplined in the way he yeah. comes to training it blew my fucking mind because i remember wow. training with him i was like if i was as strong and good at parkour as that person i would be doing some <laughs> next level shit like i was like i can't do that because i can't jump that far cuz i'm not disciplined enough to be that conditioned and strong and i don't drill things enough to have the technique that he has but yeah. like i remember seeing his training and i was like if i could do what he could do i would do so much shit that i can't <laughs> do but i was like willing to i was more sendy you know i was more sendy back then than i you know and he really taught me and he still teaches me how to really appreciate different levels of discipline and yeah. uh and you do that as well with your journey and, and nick as well with his and, and lots of people but yeah max is such a fucking legend because yeah. He is so pure in his his approach, and and uh, you know you need to check out his book. We've had him a few times on the podcast, so if you're listening, yeah. I need to read the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. part of roadmap. Heck yeah, yeah. Um, he's a really special part of of. He's grounded the community in a certain way that you know, need yeah. it needed it needs and it still needs just because of. He's got that old school. He's like one yeah. of the biggest parkour yeah. nerds I I know actually, and I love him for yeah. it. <laughs> he showed up he showed up to where i live like the town that i live in uh on one of his trips and uh, i took him to this spot that we it's like an iconic spot here that we'll train at and uh he hit three challenges that was he hit it at about what seemingly looked like 70 percent and at the time was my 140 <laughs> but yeah. it took six months to complete all three of those challenges yeah and that was like actually writing out regiments to try and complete them it was fun i looked at it like okay he just came and literally dominated this spot dude in 45 minutes and i was like okay i, I gotta try and get these challenges those are the new challenges to those get, are the so. new ones <laughs> yeah man he he's such a good person to, to train with because he's he pushes you so far with what's yeah. possible and he does it without like he's never had that sense of sendiness i feel like he, yeah. He's just not that person, but what he can oh, do, yeah. it looks like he's like a sender. Actually, it doesn't because it's perfect almost every time, but it's yeah. just like, he's it's so incredible job. what he can do because like to, to get to that level, it's like, it took a lot of dedication, you know? Yeah. And for him, I'm sure it was fun the whole way, but for me, I just admire it because I'm just like, dude, you don't, you don't understand. Like I wouldn't have been able to do your journey because I'm yeah. not, I'm not as like it, yeah <laughs> i just we, can't we, like it needs to be more exciting for me so i do stupid shit more often but yeah, you yeah. like really we studied it you know i respect the shit out of that 
Yeah, it's like he went to Parkour University. Yeah, we all went. We all went to the after school club. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Really I good, went to man. the community college. Whatever you know. <laughs> Same. No, but, he did the. Uh, um, he he did. He's very good at vocalizing too. Like every time I have gotten the train with him, we'll be looking at a challenge, and he's like, "Oh, dude, you could do that." And, and I'm like, "Oh, I mean." Max thinks so. Yeah, sure. Like, and, and like, we'll, we'll break it down easily. Like, and it was at night one time and, uh, here in the woodlands, like where I live and there was a stride and he was just like, yeah, man, I mean, just think of it like this. And it went from in my head, like, no to, oh, absolutely. Yes. Kind of like with you in the Nordstrom con, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, well, I mean, my boy Nick did it. Like, I probably said, like, um, yeah, that's huge. Uh, and I'm uh, sorry for changing the topic so fast. Yeah, you're good. I, I, you're I, good. We probably should make- get yeah, it's hard because we were both nerds about this shit. So, yeah, no one's holding, about, no one's holding us to like the the straight and yeah, narrow right, right now. Yeah, get it all out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. What about the? Uh, have you done the Whole Foods descent? No, 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 no. Actually, you know, people look to me sometimes. I think with more descent prowess than I actually have, because I was okay. there and I helped like pioneer some of the moves, maybe even a little bit. You know, I was I was there when we first started doing the parking garage in Boulder, that is really well known. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But on I didn't. Street, right? I didn't actually. I never, and I still don't train descents or cat drops that often or that much. Yeah. And partially, you know, it was because when I was when they were becoming a thing, I was like, "That's Dylan's thing. Let him have his thing." I don't really want to like. I liked doing them with him, but they were so scary. And I also really wanted to do. This was my thinking, and it still kind of is my thinking. Is just what I feel good about is when I contribute something that I feel like is new to the conversation. And, um, and I realized that I should train that and I still want to get better at those. You know, they're, they're a great thing to, to work on. But at the time I actually decided I was going to go up instead of down, you know, that parking garage in Boulder. And, uh, and that became my focus and I got better at going up or at least not better, but it felt like, like, all right, if, if he's going to go down, I'll try to go up, you know, yeah. because, because at least then I know that like I'm helping push the boundaries, you know, that's like something I've always been interested in. It's driven me. Oh yeah. Cause you, you ascended the, the Pearl street one. Mm-hmm. You did the whole thing. Wow. That's, dude, so, that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a creepy yeah, it is creepy, but it's also, yeah, I don't know. I think each one of us has our own thing and, and yeah. I still look at the whole foods one and, um, I, I'm, I'm less inspired to do things sometimes when people have made the, a thing. I'd rather okay. do one that's new. Some for, that's my, that's my tendency, but I can see a lot of value in me trying to work that out because one, it kind of detaches me from this idea of like, Oh, I'm doing this new thing. Like, yeah. you know, I don't need to have a new thing. It's a, and I, and I think it's a really, really cool. And in fact, the whole foods one is maybe my favorite of all of them because each yeah. one is different. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of cat drop descents. It's like you're, you're doing this. And like, that's one of the things that's so cool about it is that you, you do the first one and then maybe as you're hitting the second one, you're like in a rhythm. And then all you have to do is kind of like ride that wave. You're like, boom, 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 boom. Like you just, your brain kind of just goes, we're in this zone. We're doing this. It's the same move over and over again. But the, the whole foods one, it's slightly different at each level. And so, yeah, it's just that much more jarring to the consciousness, I think, and that much more intense. And, and, and yeah. that's why I think it's such a cool one to do. Um, I've done yeah. it from I, just the bottom level, but I never, I never took it any higher than that because I just, 
I just didn't want to. <laughs> Ultimately, yeah, I, I still look at it. I still look at it though, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll get back into those. Um, but uh, for a while, I was just kind of, yeah. The scents aren't as much my thing as a lot of people think they are. I did well. Whatever you end up getting into, yeah, yeah. I'm to see your movement is very uh, it's clean everything you do is very smooth and you look very bouncy whenever you do it too like i you look like you're floating so that's a good that's a good vibe i appreciate that <laughs> i sure. appreciate that <laughs> yeah. yeah no man. i like that they're also not you know marco james you know who marco james is yeah 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 i've seen him he did he that did it. he did that one and that was that was pretty wild and inspiring because one of the reasons i didn't like it is I need to I need to be really in good shape I think to to want to do something like that, and yeah. it's been harder for me you know living independently and on my own like I don't live out of my car maybe that's something I want to do one day I don't think it's for me, yeah. um, but yeah. you know I've been I've you know it's just life is life is I'm not making excuses so I'm just I'm not gonna say anything other than my value is is sometimes just not aligned enough for me to be in that good of shape because yeah for me to want to take that drop i want to be able to like deadlift 350 pounds just because Absolutely. i want to just like have that confidence and the ability to absorb the drop you know Absolutely. i could do it i'm gonna know i know i'm in good enough shape to do it now but there's certain things that i need in place for me to like want to to do that you know yeah i need the safety i need the safeguards I'm at whatever, 92% confidence. I need it to go to like 99.9 for me to want to do something like that. And then it'll be easy. But I also, what we've talked about earlier, it's like I let those challenges come to me now. And there might be a day that I'm just wandering around Cherry Creek and I'll end up doing it because it feels good that day. And that's how I'm happy to just wait for that too. It's funny because like uh, sometimes things are projects and some things you feel so good at whenever you see and you're like wow actually all my training has led up to this in the next 20 minutes and it mm-hmm. feels wonderful i think, I think that's, that's beautiful i i think that things should only be rushed if your your heart is like oh okay yeah you know i felt like like whenever you you it, you said the nordstrom was years but it was that one day that was like actually this feels right uh, <laughs> i i hate doing a challenge that doesn't feel right yeah, that's the you know, and I force myself to do a few, and they, they feel horrible. Even after you're just not as satisfied, you're like, well, I'd rather go home and just sleep now and eat something. Yeah, yeah. No, I love just letting it letting it happen. Yeah, I'm just letting it happen more and more, and and just living in the more beautiful state of that. Because well, you, you, sorry, you, sorry, you you and your girl both train, right? Like your girl trains. Oh too. yeah, I was gonna actually throw it back to your question about the three most influential or most my favorite. I have to give her a shout out, I think, because. Partially because okay. I just know her better than anyone, um, yeah. or, or, or as well yeah. as any of these other people, and um, the way that she approaches training has taught me a lot. You know, being that like in tune with not just a female perspective on like life and training, but just you know yeah. her story and her her background and where she's come from and where it's landed her and like the, some of the things we've mentioned earlier has just given me some insight into uh, just how how everyone what 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 can be like so powerful about training for so many people in so many different ways. Um, but yeah, she's incredible. And actually I don't like being, uh, I don't really like being in that position, but that's one of the reasons why I've learned a lot Yeah. in in terms of just like when I don't, I, I just never had a girlfriend that was like doing the kinds of shit that I was doing, you know? And, um, 
it's actually kind of scary. You know, it's like when I really care about, I know I love my bros and I loved Dylan and, and Nick and I, you know, I still love those guys and all that. But yeah. when I'm watching them do it, do their thing, it requires less of me to hold that space. Yeah. It, it, like you said, you mentioned how those people with your girlfriend and, and Jared, when they were, when you were doing that big descent, they yeah, were really, yeah. really good at just like no pressure and like no, you know, holding that moment for you. And for me, holding the moment for, for my girl is just like harder than holding a yeah. moment for my bro. I, and, yeah, I, she did a huge jump the other day, right? Mm-hmm. Like across, like a, how, how I've always wondered, like, so you're, you're her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. She's about to hit this jump. That's life threatening mm-hmm. in a sense what was your approach to being okay with that same thing or scarier a little yeah, bit? My approach was number one, just not being a hypocrite. Um, like just recognizing right. that like, this is the exact same thing I'm doing to my mom is Fair I'm enough. like making her feel uncomfortable probably because I need to do things and recognizing that that's the same motivation in her and she needs to do, and she wants to do this. And if she's going to do it, I'm going to, support her and try to make it as safe and, and informed as possible and really show her how I train and, and hopefully she can learn from it, you know? Yeah. And, Fair uh, enough. but that was a hurdle for sure. You know, I didn't, I, I don't enjoy it really. <laughs> and she knows this. I, I enjoy it in that I like, I like doing things together and I like pushing myself and I like growing and not, and learning through it, you know, like I'm saying and being able to be like, you know what? Some things I used to think aren't true, you know, and, and realizing that like, all right. And getting to see the perspective of somebody who really cares about you, but doesn't understand the decision fully, you know? Yeah. Um, or That's also, I bet you guys have connected on a whole new level with her being able to send, you know, <laughs> and you being like, wow, she, you know, cause I see a lot of relationships where like either the girl isn't active at all mm-hmm. or the guy isn't active at all. So you, you got to witness firsthand the, the, the love of your life, you know, do a jump like that and you being on the other side for once uh, and being like, wow, that's like ima- the rush in her head. Imagine what that feels like. And, and then, you know, you guys get to now it's funny. You and your girlfriend get to talk about ascend. It was <laughs> <laughs> not that. Yeah. No, no, awesome. not at all. But yeah, it is really, that's a wild one because that, that jump, that particular jump, like, yeah. that was a really special thing for me to do when I did it back in the day and then saw, to yeah. give, to, to help her like through that and have it mean a lot of, the, a lot of the same things to her as it meant to me. Yeah. Actually not really a lot of the same things. That's kind of the, but there's a through line, but it's just like, that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned is just people experience and approach training differently and like yeah. really opening that up. And like, even though I am more experienced, I can't necessarily offer the guidance that I want to, I need to offer the guidance that she needs. And there's a big difference there. And, um, you know, it's really opened my eyes as a, as like somebody who, you know, I don't really see myself as an educator, um, or a coach in this domain. Um, other than like the, the star Wars version where it's like, Hey, like these, there's certain like power, there's certain like apprenticeships and stuff and those all work out. But, but it's different. It's just, I don't know that one. Yeah. It's been fascinating because, uh, it's, it's brought some, some insecurities and some things to light and like help me get over them. That's and, awesome. Uh, so, oh, awesome man. and it's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I got nothing but 
she's she's so incredible and she's so powerful and uh nice. it's not easy for me to to deal with sometimes you know like that that's yeah. that's that's why it's so important you know that's why it's so cool for me to have that gift of like being able to see what it's like to be on that on that yeah. supportive side you know yeah it, it, it's it, i think there's man there's there's aspects that i probably can't comprehend at the moment because i haven't been quite there but uh did i guess another question in that that i could ask is did you were you like yo let's go look at this or did was she like hey i want to see that oh or it was all just, her no i was like i was not really? I, I was, no i mean like i said like well i'm always like this with everybody yeah. I'm not trying to get anyone to do anything, especially because awesome. of me. Like, I don't awesome. want you to do anything, especially life changing. If it's not life risking or whatever, then I might try to encourage you to do something. Maybe. Cool. But even then, yeah. I'm pretty disinterested in in your in influencing your journey. You know. But, but I'm especially neutral and cautious about providing any kind of push or influencing yeah. somebody's journey when it comes to something like that. And that's cool. mostly just because I don't want that from anyone else in my, my training. I don't want somebody yeah. telling me and I don't, I, cause I want to experience it for myself. And, um, there's certain people that have a privilege to, to really talk to me and be in that space with me. But yeah. for the most part, I don't want encouragement or need it or really even, you know, it's almost like, shut up, you know, <laughs> like to, for a lot of people, it's like, I just don't want you involved. I don't, it's my thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and for her, it's like, yeah, I mean, like I, I did not try to get her to do anything, you know, but she wanted to do it. And so I could recognize that. And so I decided to like, just be as supportive as I could and give her the knowledge I that I wanted to give her. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I would have been perfectly happy if she had never, and I tell her all the time, if she never wants to do parkour, it has nothing to do with the reason I like her or love her. Like it has nothing to do with what makes me love who she is is like her skills yeah. with parkour you know i give a fuck that is awesome and i assume that that she wanted to do it i i yeah it was more of me wondering like that's so crazy like because I, I i imagine it's a very open area that you guys have to get up there quick oh my god it's so gnarly yeah <laughs> it's so exposed dude and that day it was like two times we had to slay like slink down because there was like a fire truck called i don't know if they were called on us like somebody called something and there was an ambulance that drove by and it's just like you just feel so exposed up there and there's traffic and there's wind and it's just the elements man like people don't understand sometimes what goes into some of these jumps not just civilians yeah. but even parkour athletes we don't always know because you know we know but we also know that no one can understand unless you're there that's why you have to go look at it you have to be in front of the jump to know what it's like and um and that's why it's so important to go visit the historic spot. You're like, oh, this is what it was like, you know, yeah. or this is like, you know, this is IMAX. That's the actual distance. Holy shit. Oh, the yeah. walls are weird like this. They're painted like that. Whoa. I didn't know. Like the textures, <laughs> like it's all so much a part of the challenge. That's why it's yeah. so cool to visit spots like that. Yeah. Approaching a challenge is, is a challenge itself sometimes because you're like, uh, you're on the way there you're like oh i'm ready to see this thing and then you get there and you're like this is a lot worse than i thought it was gonna be yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. or this is way easier too that, that happens what well, i learned but. about myself is like i'm at a point now where i don't even like being up there i don't want to do it and i can still do it yeah. like i can be in a terrible mood with the wrong shoes on and just being yeah. like not terrible mood but just like just low energy just not feeling yeah. like i don't even i'm not in training mode 
pretty chill and just yeah. i can still hop across that thing which is it crazy to me because you know when i first did it it was like it took a hundred percent of my focus and i still ho- focus a hundred percent because i know i need to be safe yeah. but it doesn't take and i'm going to be really careful here because make people you know understand that i'm not neglectful and i don't think anyone should do anything unsafe but it just doesn't require as much of my capacity yeah you don't you don't um, have the anxious buildup of never yeah. have done yeah, yeah doing it or or the hours and hours of practice of breaking other challenges at height too you know yeah. yeah there's a lot going on there that that you're i'm sure your amygdala is, exposure is, is, is so imperative exposure yeah you know oh absolutely um yeah man i'm excited to get to Denver and train with you too man once all this is over i'm, I'm coming so hell yeah uh, that's the first place i'm coming dude so that's I, yeah I don't know what competition season is looking like this year. I don't, I don't, I'm not competing anymore either. Uh, after last year, uh, I, it didn't full, again, it didn't fulfill me the way I thought it was going to. I just want to train with people and film with them and have fun. So, um, yeah, hopefully I get up there real soon. We can train. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> Dude, it's been amazing talking to you, man. We've gone for two and a half hours, so we should probably yeah. call it and call maybe save the next conversation for the next episode here. But yeah, man, it's been great talking to you, dude. It's it's so cool. You too, man. You're an absolute legend. Thanks for oh, letting dude, me on. You're a fucking legend as well. Cool, man. All right, brother. Cool. It's good to hear from you. We'll uh we'll find everything you need in the episode info. Peace. Awesome. Later, bro. Later. All right. That was it. That's the episode. Enjoy this plant that's now in the High Drop Studios. And thank you for appearing again, AJ. Thank you guys for listening. All the ways to support the podcast are in the description. And we appreciate everyone who contributes to that. And we'll see you on the next episode, whenever that is. Stay safe out there. Much love.